Hey everyone, it's Mallow, your host of Identico After Dark and the creative director here for Identico. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by Gamers Heaven and their newest location just north of Seattle, Washington. There, in a family-friendly and welcoming environment, you can play tabletop or video games, read manga, or just relax with friends and sample some amazing drinks from their boba tea bar. If you want to learn more, log on to GamersHeavenSeattle.com to see hours and location. Now let's get on with the show. Hello, Fringers. The following podcast may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, at the end of the commercial, like right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's That's just great. fuck it. We'll just do it like live. Yeah. We're live. Just like that. Just like fuck that. It. That's how we'll we do it. Live. Yeah. Hey. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? Whoa. Look at these handsome motherfuckers. And we're already demonetized on YouTube. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> we're not monetized there yet, anyway. Although, That's true. If you guys want to go subscribe to our YouTube channel and tell other people to do it, because we need more subscribers to get monetized over there. Yup. Something I've been trying to explain to somebody else was how much easier it is to get monetized on Twitch than YouTube. It is. Welcome to what, the first episode of what we're calling Identico After Dark. Uh, yes. I hope you guys enjoy this. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Tonight... <laughs> we've already fucking got we've already lost joe <laughs> well you said identical after dark and i was like yeah we called it that because we can't call it the identical we yell about dumb shit and be nerds for an hour show <laughs> that doesn't flow off the tongue i think we probably really could call it that and we, people yeah would still show up it's it's good <laughs> it's entirely possible it is oh my god all right so uh yeah this is our version of hot tub streams without the hot tub, I guess. And because, yep. you know, COVID requirements, we're in different buildings. I, I'm I'm Mallow. I'm in the middle refereeing this fight tonight. That's Alex. He's, re oh, wait, no. I got to point the other way because I'm swapped. That's Alex. I'm somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah, that's Joe. He's right there. We're all in the middle. We're somewhere in America. We're all like somewhere, man. The sad thing is we're all within about a five mile radius from each other. Yeah. Like we're not far away. We used to do this show right behind me in the studio. So, and hopefully, hopefully we will be able to do in-person games. That's something that well, I'm working on is a studio, a, a bigger studio I, that isn't my house. Studio. Yeah. That was something yes. I was going to bring up in the last episode that I what? never got around to doing was that when we originally envisioned this stuff, we were talking about building like one of those trapezoidal tables so we yep. could all get around it. Yep. Don't worry. That's no, no. That plan is just that plan is it, still happening. We just we're just having to relocate a little bit. We got we do, we got this. Don't gonna, worry. We're going to do it in a big room. Yeah, I've got it set aside. Yeah, it's going to be fine. We got this. Uh, You'll be able to see all your favorite identical people there. Absolutely. Uh, eventually, we will have the sponsors of this particular show and many of our shows uh, on the right and left of me, I think, was where I'll put yeah. them in here. But, you know, that's fun stuff for those people who know. Wink! The rest of you, hey, it's coming soon. Speaking of sponsors, I think we've given up on Beecher's Tillamook. Okay, right? I'm good with that. 
I'm fucking good with that. Factory, you have my favorite ice cream. It's the Marionberry Pie. Hashtag not an ad. But can be if they would like it. But they can be. I will shill for you so much. I'm just happy with whoever gives me delicious cheeses. I don't care who it is. I'm also okay with that. And there's so many other dairy products that they have, though. Yeah. Such good ice cream. It's going to be, it's it's interesting too. By the way, the tangent counter is still available in chat tonight, uh, which is going to be kind of funny because this is a tangent show, essentially. But uh, I do want to say that we have legitimately been reaching out to certain companies because there's some smaller companies out there like ourselves who uh, we'd like to partner with. Um, and we were going to throw up logos. We want to just swap and stuff like that. So if you happen to be one of those smaller companies that are out there looking at this, hit us up because we got, we got branding on lock. Indeed. Um, all right. So what are we talking about tonight? As the title says, we're talking about star Wars. Um, back in the day, uh, I had a little podcast called super magical podcast where these two nerds uh damn near came to blows over over the studio table over star wars studio behind you in the studio behind me it's still standing thankfully tonight we revisit that discussion with the release of star wars visions the anime inspired (laughs) the anime inspired short series on disney plus uh, as well as we got information and news today about uh, the Boba Fett show coming out. Um, as well as uh, Bad Batch has been running. Uh, as well as Mandalorian uh, Season 3 is coming up. Or is it Season 2? Season 3. Season 3. Season 3 coming up. Uh, as well as uh, it's called Andor. Andor. Andor, yeah, is is wrapped recently too. So there's a lot of Star Wars stuff that's been going on lately. And uh, we have to have our Ahsoka yelling fist. All right, should we get that we out of the way now one? or just no, wait I till think later? We'll do that after the break. Okay. Let's do that one after the break. We'll use that as like as the teaser for people to come I back. I feel like Joe has notes, thoughts, and th- oh no, he's he's been long since had thoughts. <laughs> Oh no, I have, they definitely have notes. They're sitting right here. (laughs) Mostly about Ahsoka. Okay. This is fantastic. All right. I want to start first then. (laughs) I'm going to start first then to get the salt going right here is let's talk about Star Wars Visions. Uh, Much like uh, a Netflix series called uh, Love, Death, and Robots, right? Love, Death, and Robots. Uh, Short like tops 15 minute episodes all uh, done in different ones 23 okay so the yeah, best number sure. in the world 23 so but they're short vignettes on purpose right these are not there's no set time there's no set format anything like that they've got different anime styles uh i can't legitimately show anything on here otherwise we get dmca but if you've seen it you've seen it um i just kind of want to open it up with a, I haven't seen the entire series. I've seen a lot of it, though. I have seen a lot of it, okay? 
I finished it today. I, I'm I proud did. of myself for what I've watched so far. Patting myself on the I back. I did my homework. You did. I did the first three episodes. So my comments will be related entirely to the first three episodes. Okay, that's all you could make it through was the first three episodes? That's because you you did we'll promise to Alex. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Joe. I, I no, no, I was, I was gonna let, I was gonna let Alex open it up with the nice co- part of the conversation. And no, we'll, no, no, no. I think, I think the no, people no. came here for salt. I think I, we give. You them want them salt. to give their pound of flesh? Okay. <laughs> yes, I insist please. that you go first because the longer I don't have to talk about it, the better. Hang on. <laughs> okay. So overall, it was fine. Okay, and anybody who knows me knows that my general feeling about Star Wars since the Disney acquisition is it's fine. There's some very high points, right? Like Rogue One, The Mandalorian, and there's some very low points, Solo. Okay, except for Donald Glover. He was amazing. Okay, this was fun. It it did exactly what they wanted it to do. They said, hey, there was a lot of Japanese inspiration in the original Star Wars. Let's go to some anime companies and let them show what their vision of Star Wars is. And that's exactly what happened. As far as the writing, uh, the first episode was fine. It was very basic. It was, oh, cool, there's an evil Jedi. And, oh, you think this is a good Jedi? Oh, actually, he's evil, too. But he's going to kill the other evil one. And that's fine. Hashtag spoilers. Right? Um, I really enjoyed episode two. should have said that first. I enjoyed episode two. Uh, we like giving too much away. It's about literally like a like a pop punk band in the Star Wars universe, and I love when you play with new concepts. Yeah, but that's very that on was, brand for you too. Is pop punk and and punk in the, in the Star Wars? Right? That's like the two things you're about. I love it. It seemed like a gaming group to me. Like I could see a gaming group go, okay, here's our idea, and making the four primary characters in that little band. Okay, I was like, yeah, okay, this makes sense. The third one, I think, is probably my least favorite of the first three. And I was like, eh. Like, it was fine. Again, the animation was great. The the style was fun. But it was very, like, meh. So, that was my feeling on episode three. It was very meh. Um, I will say, of the whole series, I think my favorite one is episodes five and eight those two are really good in my opinion oh the other comment i'll make uh if you go look at the cast list they got some big name people into here like they had david harbour they got neil patrick Harris. like they had some they had some good people for the the english voice cast i thought it was fine so with that i guess that's kind of my overall thing it's like it was fine now, go ahead, Joe. <laughs> people think when I, the people in my in my friend group think I was being facetious when I said that after watching, we sat down, and we watched all three of them. I took a brief break between two and three, but we pretty much watched them back to back. People think I'm being facetious, but I am not. That after I got done with the third one, I actually legitimately just stood up from the couch and laid down on the floor in my living room because my brain was not working correctly <laughs> post watching that. 
And it wasn't it, contrary to what the chat probably believes. It was not because I was raging about it. It's because the the it was so stupid from the beginning to the end that I could not like my brain cells were dying by the billions. Okay. Explain to me why it was stupid. I could I could get behind if you're like like I didn't particularly enjoy it. What was stupid about it? I was mostly just sad that some of these things happened. Yeah. <laughs> so let me, let, me, let me do it similar to what you just did. Okay. The first one was probably my favorite of the three, and favorite's a very strong word, but it was probably my favorite of the three. The second one was... I don't know what the correct word to use. It was something. The third one was a goddamn shit show from the beginning to the end and should never have been put on paper. And honestly, I think pretty much in the writing process, they were just smoking all kinds of something illicit while they were making that show. And like, like it, Lance has commented in the chat. Lance is a very weeby kind of guy. He likes anime. Most of the time I go see him, he's watching anime in his room. And he, even he thought they were stupid. So, let's start with the first episode. Okay. Part the first. The first. The the samurai one with the, the kind of like, uh, I'm not sure what the art style is, but it kind of looks like, like graphic, or um, not gra graphite art kind of style. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a poster board, I guess. I don't know. I was not... Chat says manga. Chat says manga? Okay. Oh, yeah. The the premise behind it, I was I was okay with at the start because we all know anybody who's paid attention to the Star Wars stuff that Lucas drew a lot of inspiration from the Kurosawa samurai films, which is what day. it looked like. And I was okay with that because they're like, okay, so Star Wars is space samurai, and now they're taking space samurai and making, making the regular samurai. samurai. <laughs> Which I was okay with, like that, that that made sense to me on a on artistic brainwave kind of way. Where it lost me <laughs> Where it lost me was the lightsaber umbrella. I knew that was coming. From my the lightsaber umbrella. <laughs> that like and like I know, I know full well that Star Wars has its like hand wavy, you know, bullshit. I mean, there's space magic. I, I can get it. But typically, whenever they design the original films, there was a thought process behind like, why does something look the way it does? Why does something behave the way it does? Yeah. You know, sometimes that gets a little hand wavy still because, you know, 12, uh, run the Kessel run on 12 parsecs. Like, sometimes it gets a little dumb. dumb. But lightsaber umbrella. It doesn't make sense, even in the hand wavy bullshit that happens in Star Wars. It made no goddamn sense. And like literally the in the entire the only reason that exists is because someone somewhere in an animation studio said, huh, I think that looks cool. And then did it. Yeah. That is not an okay way to, to, to create something. I'm sorry, that's every anime. Literally. Every I know, that's why that I've like ever anime. seen. I'll come is... back to that in the third one. Okay. Every anime in the world 
okay? That comes out, because these all came out of Japanese animation studios. Yeah. That was the whole idea, is we're just going to hand them the keys of the kingdom and say, you show us what you want to see. Um, yeah. Hey, like, I'll come back to this. I have, I have more on, on this whole cool factor bullshit from the third I'm not, I'm not even worried about the cool factor bullshit. I guess my question is, is why does it have to make sense for these? I'm not talking about Star Wars in general right now. Specifically when I'm watching these and when I'm looking at these, because there is no continuity, it's an artistic expression of Star Wars and like a fan film. For all intents and purposes, it's a really well-made fan film. Why does it have to make sense? Because you're still setting Why can't we just have rule of cool? You're still setting it in the Star Wars universe. And I know you're gonna be like, well, that doesn't matter. But it does, because you're, you're framing it inside the Star Wars, under the Star Wars banner. You're uh -huh. framing it in that. So it should at least, even if it's non-canon, it should make a little bit of sense. Because like, if it doesn't, like if you're saying that anything goes, then why didn't they just make a Star Wars and then have the Enterprise show up and they just fight because anime, that's cool. Well, there's, there's IP issues there. Well, yes, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> I do. And here's the thing. Do you know how many fan films I saw where it was, let's put, and back in the early days of the internet, of let's put yeah. the Death Star against the Enterprise, yeah. right? Not because it makes any goddamn sense or there's any way to have that argument in a realistic way. It's just like, meh, this is fun. So I understand your point about the Force Umbrella, okay? The lightsaber umbrella. The lightsaber umbrella. Sorry. The the rest, most of the rest of that episode was fine. It was okay. it was fairly Star Warsy in 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 like scope. So, so for now, I will concede to you the star the the lightsaber umbrella was silly. The only other thing that I really kind of facepalmed about on that one, I, I just generally didn't particularly care for the animation style. I, I thought that like the it was a little too distracting with like how it just worked. Right. Like. It, I got caught myself looking at little artifacts on the screen rather than what was going on more than anything. Okay. Um, but the only other thing I thought was stupid was when he did the um, the kendo style draw with his lightsaber activated. <laughs> I was like, okay, like that doesn't make any sense from any of the established lore, but I was okay to overlook it because it was a reimagining of the Kurosawa stuff. Okay. I, I was fine with that. Um, but that one, that one was okay. So okay. now we go on to episode two. No, 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 hold on. So, oh. <laughs> Sean, it's Sean's turn. Sean gets to do episode well, one. Well, so here's here's the thing that I that I both loved and was confused about with the first one was uh, they never set up why the person was attacking the village. Which moment in time? That's fine. That's fine. The the force stuff. And chat's over here like <laughs> lightsaber, no work on wood, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. But here's the thing, and I say this as a writer. Of, I say this as a writer of an entirely new imagining of cyberpunk, where there are mutants and all sorts of other things, right? Like you establish a set of rules within that world that you need the viewers and the readers to believe in, and if you go and take a right hand turn. And the viewers, much to what Joe is saying, are gonna be like, the fuck is going on over there, right? Um, and so it's a little bit of that kind of thing for me when it was the Sith versus the Sith thing, because like- well, Sith fighting Sith <laughs> is not abnormal. 
No, but it was the the like Lone Ranger sort of version of that and stuff, which the thing that I do like about that was A, maybe that means just lightsabers can be any fucking color because it's a crystal. That's why it used to be. That's I'm just saying it could be anything. That's cool. Uh and that's fine because I think that's great. And he had like 15 fucking... He had more crystals than General Grievous had lightsabers. So <laughs> he's hunting true. some motherfuckers. That's cool. Oh, hell yeah. And I like that it established... Assuming they were both Sith. I like the fact that it established that there was no more rule of two. Because <laughs> I felt that that was a plot mechanic just for the original trilogy series. Uh, and, and they brought it back for the prequels to like maybe be about it but like honestly the best thing about like force awakens and swotor and all like that is that everybody can walk around with a goddamn laser sword if they want to that well, part is cool right it's the original king fair enough yes and so that is the part that i really liked about it i i thought that the fighting and the animation style and everything like that was like really really like smooth to me Mm-hmm. I get that some people may not like that art style. I prefer it. I like it. I think it's does give that Kurosawa look and feel to it, especially in the like faded black and white and stuff like that. Um, but I was also trying to be like, is that supposed to be R two D two? Because they they kept reusing but, his voice. And well, so it's all all astromech droids speak binary, and that's they all speak binary, the- but they all don't sound exactly the same. And I know this because I happen to know some of the people that originally made the R2-D2's voice and there was a very specific way they made it and they remade it for the original sequ- and sequel trilogies versus what the other ones talked to. So that one. part threw me for a loop. But otherwise, that's episode one for me. One thing I did get a little bit of a chuckle out, out of and now that we've kind of broached the subject a little bit is in the new, new lore... The, yeah. the color of lightsaber is it is dependent on their force status, for lack of a better term. In in the new canon, yes. the lightsabers right. turn red because they've been infused into the dark side and bleed. Yeah. Okay. Bleed. But in in that logic, by the way, though, then we all are agreed that Mace Windu has a legendary, right? He pulled purple yeah. from the loot box. Yeah. So, okay. Cool. So Let's check given it. that lore, and I had a little bit of chuckle. Uh, given that lore, when the when the samurai takes the crystal of the just newly defeated Sith and gives it to the kid, I'm like, you just created a new Sith Lord. You just corrupted that kid. He's now carrying around a gem that's imbued with the dark side of the Force, which has been shown multiple times to be able but to corrupt. Canon, they can they can re bleed it out. I would I would actually appreciate it if it was because color right like is it should be irrelevant at yeah. that point right and actually what's what's you ironic is gotcha. if, you, <laughs> if you'd gotten to episode five they actually touch on that very specifically like they use that concept of the light the blades changing color um in episode five yeah i i've, of, I've seen that it actually just it just changes the color in that, uh, yeah, shit, no, in that's, that episode. That's an artistic kind of thing, but yes. yeah. I, that makes me less likely to watch episode five because that mechanic is a stupid fucking mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's... But, but, so, hold on. What the fuck? I was going to say something here earlier. Oh, I lost a joke. Oh, yeah. No, the joke was that's why Qui-Gon died to uh, Darth Maul because he only had like a common or an uncommon. Okay. Yep. Obi Wan had a Obi Wan had a rare and Waste Windu has a legendary. That's what it is. That's uh, you know what I'm I'm perfectly fine with that explanation. Yeah. Uh, sorry, what is it? So, 
you want to move on to episode two or we got more? No, I just, I want to, I want to just touch on this in the chat right here, right now. Because why didn't we get Jar Jar episode? I don't know. It's a goddamn conspiracy because we all fucking know that Jar Jar Binks is a goddamn Sith Lord. So here's what you need to do, Pete. You need to start like one of those like change.org petitions. And what you do is you get enough signatures to where Lucasfilm pay attention and let me and Mallow be in charge of green lighting everything. Fuck it. Bunny Boy wanted an anime studio in ACS. We got fucking writers on this staff. Let's just make it the fucking happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Second podcast I want to hear about the Dark Jar Theory. That's going to be a running gag now. Oh, the Dark Jar Theory has been around for a while. You're just... No, but... There's there's a long running joke, especially between Pete, Joe, and I. That's just Misa gonna avenge you, Annie. Right, and I think Joe. Joe just died a little inside when I said that. Go ahead and go on to episode two since you're full of episode two. Episode two is the beginning of a slide into madness. <laughs> My God! Let's start off with so, surprise, surprise. I'm sure everyone's just totally shocked by this at this point. I didn't like the animation style. I don't know what that's called. I called it the chibi style because it looks more like Very, chibi stuff. Yeah, that's a little I, chibi. I, I don't like that animation style. I didn't like it when they did it as kids shows in American animation back in mid '90s ish. But I mean, they still do that in yeah. certain types of of anime from japan so i'm a little salty they made a chibi boba fett but i was okay with it because that's not the first chibi boba fett i've ever seen not um, they also got tamara morrison to do the voice which was cool but the like I, i'm fine with i'm not saying it was necessarily a bad storyline i just didn't care for it like I understand your your whole point of trying new territory. Like and it was very new territory for Star Wars because realistically, the only time we've really ever seen a whole lot of musical stuff in Star Wars is when they did the the uh, remastered versions of the original. And they put in that weird cantina band scene that everyone hated. Oh, the one where it had somebody actually singing that time. Yeah, no, yeah. it was that was the cantina. It was Jabba's palace. That yeah, was Jabba's palace. Oh, at the same end, difference. Yeah. No, same they difference. didn't change that. <laughs> God, if we can go back to that damn special editions argument. Um, but that, it, it was the first time we really saw music in Star Wars. Um, I'm a little kind of, just, it, it, from just a pure logical standpoint, I, I'm kind of a little sad they didn't try to make the music sound more Star Wars-y. Because you're talking like, it's a galaxy far, far away that spans multiple species, but all they have is, you know, drums and guitars. So... That was the only thing that threw me off was I did not think Joseph Gordon-Levitt did a very good job singing in that episode. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays the main character. And I actually normally love, like, I actually love him as an actor. Um, I didn't think he did a great job singing. The one thing that threw me was when he was singing, I was like, oh, this just doesn't sound great. Oh, like, the, the song terrible. was cringy as shit. Um, <laughs> But, but I love the concept, right? Like I was like, first off, I liked the, the the characters they used. Again, not talking about the animation style, just the concept of the characters. Okay, hated all of it. <laughs> okay, like I liked the like three headed drummer guy. I liked the droid. I liked the kid. I liked the big slug guy who was the bass player. I was like, I was like, that's. <laughs> 
No, Earthbound, I did not like any of this, so expect all the negative <laughs> comments from me this whole time. Um, it just, I, again, I, I thought it was fun. We got a nice little Jabba thing. I thought that they're little, having them do the thing at the, the, the Bunta Eve uh, oh. arena was a neat throwback, right? I, that was fun. I, again, I ended up yelling at the TV for part of it. Why? See, here's the thing. Because I understand, like, uh, do, do, do. like, this does not raise to level of yell at the TV for me. It does. Because, like, there, I'm aware the Star Wars hand waves a lot of things. I, I, I'm going gonna, gonna to have to state that a whole bunch of times, but just so the chat knows preemptively, I am 100% aware Star Wars hand waves a lot of things. That's fine. My problem was when they completely hand wave like three quarters of the plot in that movie or that show. Like, kid, kid who I presume is some kind of like Jedi Padawan escapee that managed to avoid episode or episode uh, Order sixty six falls yes. in there and just no one notices that his lightsaber is actually a lightsaber. They think it's a microphone when they should know what a lightsaber is at that point. You'd be surprised how dumb people are. But anyway, <laughs> it goes on and like the, the, the whole making a band thing is not the problem. The whole making the, the, the problem I had with the episode is the, the same thing that I have. And it's not necessarily just anime, anime, but anime seems to do it a lot. Is that <laughs> they accomplish everything through the power of friendship. Yeah. Like, dude, Boba Fett shows up and takes the slug guy away. So he literally does the thing where he's like, oh, emotional speech while staring out onto a vast landscape. And then God rays appear. And all of a sudden, the band is re-energized and we're going to go help him out. So they they show up. They do their, you know, they, they show up and, and they find out where he's at. But at no point at anywhere do the guards interfere with them doing what they're doing. Like, suppose, presumably, this slug dude, which is Jabba's son or something, I don't know who what his character relationship was. They weren't clear on that. But he's presumably going to be executed. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, yeah, sure, go hang out with him. It's fine. No one cares. And then they go up to the top and they sing their song and... He was on the execution block. Why are the guards just letting him get away with all this stuff without like any kind of like they didn't even do a token. Hey, no, you can't go in there. They're just like, hey, whatever. And then they just go in there. Like, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> and they win the day through the power of music. So basically what I'm hearing from you on this episode is you can't enjoy nice things just because it's a nice story. I don't like overly sappy things. The, the universe is not like that. Why we have it in entertainment. <laughs> well, that's the fine. I don't have to like, like it. That. <laughs> no, you don't. Sorry. Mal, do you have anything to add for episode two? I am loving the idea that <laughs> they did that through the power of friendship. They, they were, did. No, they did not. That was a business transaction. That hut saw money. They just got signed. And now they are going to be working a lot. A lot. That is capitalism in the hut society. They're not free. They didn't win the day. They got indentured servitude to go play the same songs. <laughs> 
It's like working for Capitol Records back in the day, except you got a big slug for a hut instead of a slug for whatever guy that was working for Capitol Records back in the day. Pete's in the, Pete's in the, Pete's in the chat saying standard record exec. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Like a, like a 1950s record exec taking advantage of hard record singers. Like, hundred percent. That is that is the Beatles' first record contract right there. They're gonna get like two cent per play, <laughs> maybe. In it's like a 10 Spotify years. contract. Oh God, then it's like 0.002% then. Right. Yeah. So okay. that's, what, that's what that one was. The rest of it, the, the art style, everything like that, I think was actually kind of fun. I would actually like to see the rest of that go and see how they get away from the hut because it's a corrupt like record contract. Because again, it, I think it could be like a fun RPG. Like I, the yeah. Angel City Stories crew could have come up with that and yeah. it would be funny and it, people it would call tangent much, on us, but fuck it, you know? It very much seemed like an RPG story to me. All right, let's move on to episode three. <laughs> this is of the first three, the one that I did. Bad chat. Like. Bad. Bad. Episode three. Holy shit. I get to go okay. first on the salt meter on that one. Okay, okay go, go ahead. Up. That episode made no fucking sense whatsoever. And that was when Thank I was you. like, I, and that's when I was like, what the fuck are we watching here? That whole episode made absolutely no sense. Top to bottom. Beautifully Thank executed. You. The writing, nothing. Missed me completely. <laughs> Amazing fight animation, terrible story. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, like, it's, it's the thing that drives me nuts, and I know that the ACS cast every once in a while goes, wait, you had this thing over here, but then now we're over here? Because it's like, you spent the time to put two Star Destroyers together. And then, and the day that, by the way, why the fuck are we always making planet-destroying weaponry? That hasn't worked for years. Come up with a new plan, please. But you take all this time to put two Star Destroyers together, like they're tied at the, the, the fucking altar, right? They're married. Married Star Destroyers, piloted by twins. And then one twin's like, deuces, I'm out. <laughs> at the last second, like you couldn't have gotten a force vision like four weeks ago when the contractors were still here installing the carpet. Like what the fuck? So. Hey, God, mine's gonna be short. Because I generally <laughs> agree with you. You echoed a lot of what my problem with it was. But I want to I want to dive into some more finite detail because I disagree that the animation style was good. Mostly, I, topically, it made no fucking sense. Dark side twins, born of the dark side, but one apparently suddenly decided to be just like full light side because reasons and decides to stop doing things. So that wasn't the part that bothered me, actually. Then they go, they go out, they start fighting, and they go out into space, and they're literally fighting, like one of them's just wearing a Han Solo outfit in space and not dying. <laughs> like it made sense that the chick was surviving because she had a suit and everything, maybe it has this stuff. But like, I disagree that the animation style was good because I about th and I had to rewind it a few times to look at things. About three quarters of that 
was not even an actual set piece. It was literally just they cut out paper mache and they just moved it every now and then. Like it was just like <laughs> rectangles on the screen. There okay. was like no depth, no dimension. So, about- so it's South Park. Yeah, I mean, it it sucked. It was visually bad. It was literally like I have a new for those of you who are familiar with me. One of the animes I hate the most is Dragon Ball Z because I refer to it as the dollar store anime where they, the animation is so cheap and reused that they're literally trying to, to save a nickel. This is the new definition. That dollar store anime of Dragon Ball Z just got bumped up to Walmart. And now this is the dollar store anime. This was horrible animation style. And, and it was visually confusing. There was shit flying all over the screen everywhere. Need I say goddamn lightsaber tentacles? Because it's anime. Why not have some kind of fucking tentacles in there? And the thing that Lance actually ended up almost crying. Like, I had to pause the movie because he was laughing so hard he was crying and almost passed out. Lightsaber heels. Did anyone else see that? The, 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 the dude yeah, chat lo- been talking about chat it. loves Chad's- the idea of the, of the of the lightsaber heels. I'm just what saying. The, what the fuck? Are you, she's gonna go to the bathroom one day and accidentally <laughs> activate and slice the plumbing out of the fucking star destroyer. <laughs> like, what the fuck is the point of a lightsaber heel? Like, and I thought it couldn't get any more stupid than with the lightsaber tentacles. And then they pull out that heel. And then the part that aggravated me the most that I just like, this is the, the, the factor of cool to the, that goes to the point where it makes no goddamn sense and circles back around from cool to cringe. The fucking dude surfboard rides his X-wing uh-huh. somehow magically makes his lightsaber like a fucking mile long and slices all the way through the Star Destroyer until he gets to his sister and then it just magically just kills the crystal and pops out her tits a little bit. <laughs> like, that's all it does. Like, he slices this fucking Star Destroyer in half and then it just... That's it. It's called precision. Garbage. It's called shots. Okay. Um, I generally... Again, I thought the animation was fine. I, again, I, I saw what they were going for. It's not my favorite style of anime. But... I just... The, again, the story didn't do anything for me either. I was like, okay. The part about him turning the light side all of a sudden, like, I understood that. I was like, okay, that actually makes sense. But, but, yeah, it just didn't do anything for me. Like, I actually, of all of the episodes, going all the way through episode nine, it is the weakest. It is number three. I yeah. remember something about three. Okay, <laughs> It committed the cardinal sin that one of the things that I hate the most about any anime mm. within the first like minute or two of the show, when you have a side character that goes on like a five minute exposition of shit that everyone else already fucking knows. And he just talks about it as if this person's like, yeah, and, like he's like, your sister and your brother built this so we could do blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, I fucking know. I built it, you stupid shit. Why are you telling me this? <laughs> Like it, 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 animes do that a lot, and they just like exposition for no reason. Uh, films, television, I, they're just not. It, yeah, it, my hatred of that is not just limited to the anime. It's just anime seems to do it more than anything I, else. I just want to yeah. say, a certain cast asked me if I was going to monologue the evil one of the BBEGs in our cast. I'm just saying, y'all asked for the monologue, and I was like, no. <laughs> so. There you go. That's all I'm saying. 
That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. I, there's just not much more to say on three. Um, well, that's where my experience ended. So the rest so, of you guys' house. I didn't watch past three. <laughs> the next one is fine. Um. It's again the anime style is very pretty typical. The story's kind of fun. Um. This is where it starts to get a smidge repetitive. Because it's like, oh, look, big bad evil guy. Okay, lightsaber fight. The end. Um, didn't like that. Number five, I think is probably... Probably the second best one. And that one's a lot of fun. And you could stick that one in canon because it supposedly takes place like hundreds of years later after the Jedi have disappeared. Um, five for the chiropractor part five, yeah. Uh, that Pete's talking about in chat. I, again, I actually thought, like, again, conceptually, like, what is the story? Everything about it. The animation style was good. It was just a lot of fun. Um, there was a really good, like, multi, like, I think eight-person lightsaber fight in there. That was a lot of fun. Um, thought it was good. Number six, I'm sure would annoy the shit out of Joe. It's a very, <laughs> again, very almost chibi style. It looks chibi style. What's the, what was the, what's the uh, character? that has like the red pants and like the overall it's very chibi style uh chat help me out here what's that what's that one hang on i'm looking it up red pants with overall is chibi style you mean mario no, no. <laughs> um it has almost a chibi style to it it's about a, a cybernetic it's like a cross of pinocchio with star wars he's a real boy he's a real boy um, seven is again. They're going back to that very Kurosawa style in Episode Seven. Eight, I think, is the strongest. Okay, and that one's that one's really solid. That and one has the my, most Akira Ghost in the Shell look and feel to it as well. Um, number eight. Number eight does. Yes. Yeah. Eight, it does, and I think that the story about it, like what they're trying to explain there, is cool. Um, it's again, it's just a fun episode. Uh, nine, nine has a very ninja scroll feel to me and it ends in a really crappy way. What, what's the point of number eight? Cause that's the one that like, I feel like what? everybody's kind of like getting up for. I mean, five is the lightsaber color change thing aside, right? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, Astro boy. That's the one you're thinking of. Thank you, tip. Astro Boy is oh, the, the okay. very yeah yeah. Um, Astro Boy is the one you're thinking of, uh, Tip. Um, so number eight is about this family on some planet, right, in the Star Wars universe, and uh, this little alien creature girl. She's a slave to the Empire and she falls out of a thing and she's found by the daughter of one of the nobles from this world and the daughter's like we're going to adopt you and so the little furry monster person is like okay and they become sisters and they grow up together and then the empire shows up and the dad's like fuck the empire and then it's actually that his blood daughter is the one that's like no the empire will help us and her dad's like no empire's bad and so he gives the magic lightsaber to the furry alien person who's her adopted sister and they fight. I mean, that's... It's 
it's a very like family centric and what is more important, you know, blood or loyalty and adopted that kind of thing. adopted blood. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, it fits the Greek tragedy style of Star Wars to some extent. Yeah. And so I thought eight was the strongest episode um, of the whole series. None of them were terrible, except for maybe three. Three wasn't great. The rest of them were fine. I kind of go back to what we talked in the beginning. Like a lot of what Disney has done with Star Wars is very like, meh, it's fine. It's not great. It's not bad. <laughs> It just is. It's Star Wars. Yeah. You know. Um, A-B testing. Uh, I agree with chat. Vision seems like A-B testing for what people want in the future. That's very possible. Um, they've shifted animation styles every step of the way. So Clone Wars was one style. Rebels was a different one. Bad Batch is kind of like a cross between the Clone Wars style and the rebel style of animation. Um, by the way, Chad, if you haven't watched Bad Batch, I highly recommend it. Yeah, so. get, get all your Star Wars and PlayStation 2 uh, graphical <laughs> level. <laughs> it streams in 4K, dude. Uh, well, then how they managed to make it look so bad? Because I don't know. God damn it. Um, I highly recommend Bad Batch. I think it's a, a really fun story. Um, I again, I can't actually speak. I think that they're they're doing a good job with some of these ones. The only one they've really whiffed on was Resistance. I keep forgetting that they actually had that show. Um, that was really bad. Um, <laughs> the first Clone Wars animation, though, the Samurai Jack style wasn't crazy popular either. No, and that's why they got rid of it when they actually did the full series. They went to that other weird animation style they did for the rest of Clone Wars. That was the very blocky computer animation. Um, so I did see a reference for Rebels today that cracked me up. What's that? That they have, and I quote, goddamn noodle sabers. Yeah. <clears throat> I have always hated that part of Rebels, and I've also hated the thin lightsaber thing that so they the were doing. So the funny thing is, the thin was supposed to be a uh, design throwback to, if you look at episode four, the way that Obi-Wan and Darth's lightsabers looked in episode four, the original where they were they were they were like hyper thin yeah and so that was the whole idea was to go to that episode four style of super thin lightsaber in rebels um god damn it tip i gotta buy you disney plus <laughs> i keep actually looking i actually looked for a gift card thingy for you tip and i couldn't find one because they don't sell one on the freaking internet they got like, they gotta have it somewhere i gotta have it somewhere yeah I looked a while ago and they didn't have it. Um, Bad Batch is good. Mandalorian's good. Um, but again, a lot of the stuff Disney said, it's just like, I don't hate it, but it's fine. I don't I don't dislike the direction they're taking some of the new shows. Like I, I've said it about the Marvel things, and I think it'll hold hold true for um, Star Wars as well. I, I, I like this episodic more TV show kind of format they're doing with movie production quality because it lets them tell a much more expansive story. Yes. And I think that's where like a lot of movies kind of fall it fall flat and have problems when they have to cut things out to make it a watchable time limit. Um, I think that's where you get a lot of plot holes and just kind of dumb stuff going on. So I, I, I like Mandalorian. I 
it was pretty good. Uh, I was I wasn't happy about everything in it, but it was it's pretty good. And oh. you know, my man Boba Fett gets to show up and show everyone he's still got the biggest pair around. Um, yeah, but the best part was Luke at the end. It was. I was waiting for Joe to go the fuck off on that. I, I no, actually, I, I actually like that one. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, good. Right. I, I think I think they kind of did not a good such. They kind of like the Leia the the Leia animation. Yeah. Thing. I think yeah. they kind of did, didn't do the greatest job, and there were some better. There were some actors out there that look basically identically to young Mark Hamill. That they could have tapped like for it. Sebastian Stan. Sebastian yeah. Stan. Have, have everybody seen that freaking meme? Like, why are we not just casting Sebastian Stan as Luke? I think uh, I think they might though, because like they got Mark Hamill to come back, and Mark Hamill did all the movements was, and stuff. He was actually Luke. He, there, it was him. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah I, I'm curious to see where they're gonna go with the Mandalorian now that Grogu's. Yeah. Grogu off somewhere else. Um, dying because of Luke. No, I I am believing that nope. he that nope. I'm believing that he's like. We'll get to that in the second Kylo half of the show. Crazy. He realizes how full of shit Luke is, and is like, you know what? Thanks, Luke. I'm gonna go hang out with my Mando buddy. Deuces. <laughs> we get we get a fast forward of Grogu just coming back with like a tiny ass lightsaber. <laughs> or I mean, honestly, they could go the other way, and and Kylo wipes him out, and. Uh, our, the Mandalorian gets a rage. Uh, well, rage we already know how him. Kylo dies. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's not going to like show up and start just murking First Order people to try to get to Kylo. It's also true. Ultimately, ultimately, I agree with you, Joe, and this is where I think you and I are going to get to our fight about Ahsoka and everything else later, is the episodic stuff that they've done, I agree with you on in that I actually think that right now the television that's being produced is superior to the movies. Yeah, because they the actually have a fucking plot to them. Well, and they have budget now. And if any of you haven't done it, go back and watch the... If you have Disney+, Plus, watch the Star Wars Visions series about how they made The Mandalorian and the weird dome thing they Wait, built. It's but not to be confused with the house. Star Wars Visions, the show. Yeah. Not the show, the other thing. Also, so, another team that needs to figure out branding. Let's, let's dive yeah. into what that dome is, because it's fucking that, impressive. And that, I, I, it, so, and here's the thing. It changes everything about production because yeah. they don't have to go on location. So it can those, all be done in studio. For those of you who don't know, in The Mandalorian, um, when they shot the, the, the scenes, they didn't do it in front of a traditional green screen like they normally would. They did it and they built this. Uh, it, they didn't. It's not a custom build. I did find that. There's a company that makes them. Um, it's basically an 8K wraparound screen, a huge television screen or monitor, and they literally used, I think it was Unreal Tournament. It's uh, Unity. Kitchen. It's, it's Unity, not, Unity, not Unreal Tournament. So whenever you see the Mandalorian oh, somewhere. Now I'm just thinking of Boba Fett coming in and sniping somebody and you just hear, Headshot. Yeah. Running rampage. But when you see the when you see him react to something on the screen, it looks so real because he's actually seeing what's happening on that screen. Yeah, which um, is better for the actors because they're not reacting to the director going, "Okay, and now there's going to be this thing." Yeah, and so like, and and one of the technical things I saw was like 
it was called rotoscoping when you chop something out. I don't know what the technical term is, yeah, but, but they were talking about how that always leaves like a little faint edge of the color mm -hmm. typically. And they, the, and the, since his armor was silver, they'd have to color correct for whatever color they used. And they didn't have to do that because his armor now just reflects whatever scene they put him in. Yeah. So it, it just, it so they can get the lighting cool from it and have it bounce off the armor properly because it's backlit. And since it's a Unity asset, if Disney's smart, they'll take those files and port them over to a video game so you can have set accurate rec recreations in a video game. And so the way they've decided to fill in The Mandalorian with this kind of stuff, I think the production values are better. I think the TV, just in general, is putting out better product than, than movies are right now. Even with the MCU stuff, I'm very mad on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but like WandaVision, like you can't do that story in a film. It's just not possible. The nice thing about the, the episodic stuff is stop trying to stream decks, trying to get me to update right now. I don't know why. <laughs> I was like, hey, would you like to update your stream deck right now? No. Um, so I'll agree with you there. And that's where I think that Rebels and Bad Batch and a lot of this stuff is being done well, is it's filling in a lot of gaps that a lot of people for a lot of years have been like, why, why did this happen? And so for your Star Wars hardcore fans, you get some of those answers. Yeah. The, the technology, by the way, is called Stagecraft and it was created by yeah. Industrial Light and Magic. Who which actually is a division was, of Lucasfilm. Which is yeah. a division of Lucasfilm, which created the Pixar computer that we all know and love today and was created to make the original Star Wars movie. And that is why, as much hate as you want to give George Lucas, he is the godfather of modern filmmaking. Thank you very much. I'll take my royalty now, George. Thank and you. Like and like I pointed out in chat just now, I really hope that they take that technology and apply it to home usage because just imagine waking up in one morning and you're on fucking Mount Everest and it looks real because 8K is basically functionally 8K real is looking. very close to real with it, yeah. yeah you I would mean, also you can... give yourself vertigo if you did that, Joe. Yeah, but it would be fucking cool as shit. <laughs> Like you wake you, up one morning you, and be in space. You, you, could, you wake up one morning, you're like, oh, and then you, you like could, pass out because you've got vertigo. You could wake up one morning and troll your wife by having said it to a weeping angel's background. Oh no, my god, <laughs> oh, no, no, but boy, is there some big Doctor Who news coming down the pipe? Yeah, not gonna watch that either. Um. <laughs> I'm gonna let them. I'm gonna see if they come back. Uh, you um, you got more faith in that fucking production than I do. <laughs> I'm sorry, they lost me about four seasons ago. Confused um, <laughs> the hell out of me. Yes. Yeah. Rude. Um, no. No. What I say is again. Now they can do this for all of their stuff. Well, they can use I'm it for Mandalorian, Book I'm, of Boba Fett. I'm interested to see if they used it on Andor because that's just wrapped recently as well. Yeah. Uh, and that has got, you know, Diego Luna is coming back. Obviously, is Cassian uh, Andor and all of the things that are going on with that. I think we still get K2SO as well, right? Yes. In the, in the yep, movie, in the show and stuff like that. So. That one's going to be another interesting one because to me, Rogue One is one of the best Star Wars films of all time, um, and it didn't have <laughs> it didn't have a damn bit of a lightsaber battle, really. Um, See, and that's fine. 
That's part of the reason why I've been liking a lot of these newer shows that have come out because, I mean, let's be truth, truth be told, even in the movies and the old EU, the Skywalker clan's a little played out. Let's see what the rest of the galaxy is doing. Yes. See, that's where I think they did the right thing with the Mandalorian. I think it's where a lot of that, you're, you're absolutely right. It is kind of played out and let's do the rest of it. I'm really curious where they're going to go with Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. I'm actually very interested in that particular one as well. And we got a release date, chat. If you didn't see it, it's December 29th. Yes. So we're going to get some some New Year's Star Wars. Which is going to be very interesting to see how that plays out over the new year. Because we know, did they bring Ming-Na Wen back for that? Yeah. Okay, good. So I love her. As far as I know, it's, it's still our two main actors. And they've started. I actually, I think they had, they had been filming that simultaneously with Mandalorian. Uh, uh, yeah. And so, essentially, the good thing about stagecraft, right, is that if you've got enough of the stage, because it's it's part practical effects, part 8K, right? So the floor is still the floor, right? And it's still sandy, and it does all the things you can do. Uh, but the way that you can do this, right, uh, is you can leave a gap between the floor and the 8K monitor, so it doesn't get broken. Um, and there's ways to do the practical effects through the whole thing. And I'm interested to see, uh, and this is just me being a producer and, and, a, and a production guy for so long. I'm interested to see what the, what the day rate looks like at Stagecraft right now at ILM. Because, mm-hmm. like, you think that, like, they just basically, like, wheel out one set, wheel the next one in, and just, like, keep doing they this sh- sort of thing? Because they, they show it in the documentary, so they set it for whatever they're doing for the day, but they said that the turnover is about eight hours. Yeah. Because they've basically got a base stage down, and so, like, if he's on Tatooine, they literally just bring in a truckload of sand, Yeah, yeah, yeah. dump it on top of it, and dress the interior, and then go, we're good. Yeah, but the thing that I'm wondering, though, is that you've got, you've got, and, but that was just when Mandalorian was going. Now you've got Andor. Then you're going to have mm-hmm. some more that are coming up that have been unnamed yet unreleased, I, I think. I think they said that they're, they built more after Mandalorian did well. They built more of the stagecraft sets. Right, but I'm I'm just this is just me being a logistics geek of how many does it take to do the production run? Because again, when you work at a big place to cut like Disney, they want a predictable release schedule. Look at all the bullshit they did with Black Widow, and they finally just released it out in the world and said fuck it, whatever. Right? Like they were they are so stricken to this storyline mm-hmm. overarching kind of thing. I'm interested to see how and, and, and all that works, you know? I have to imagine, especially in the days of COVID, that not having to fly to Tunisia or yeah. anywhere to film these sets, like not having to do on-location shooting nearly as much where you can literally just send a scout team to take the 8K footage of the area you need and then bring it back, jam that in Unity engine, fill in the gaps, and call it a day. I have to imagine that's got to make it a lot easier on that portion of the production schedule. I just don't want them to become too reliant on it because that's how we end up with this over-CGI nonsense from Clone Wars, which, granted, or, yeah, not Clone Wars, the prequels, but granted, CGI has gotten a lot better since then. But uh, practical effects are important to the Star Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, ethos. And I really hope they don't drop that. But I will say, I have enough faith after seeing what they did with Marvel and what they've done with the Star Wars stuff so far in the episodic stuff that I have already promised that I will watch the Ahsoka show when it comes out. 
we're gonna get to now that we've got Mandalorian, we'll get to Ahsoka here in a little bit. Because Ahsoka. Who by the way is Chat. more powerful. Nah, da, da, da. I haven't taken my heart pressure medicine yet. <laughs> we'll get to there in a second. Sorry, I had to look because chat was making fun of apparently you were able to like invade Joe's thing a second ago. So, you know, I'm going to fix that shit. That can't happen. But there's two other. All right. So there's there's legitimately two other pieces of, of knowledge. I want to do this before before we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then yeah. uh, we're going to come back. And then these two motherfuckers are just going to slug it out With over a real Soka. fight. Um, <laughs> So there's, there's two main uh, important things, and this is how it gets to become identical because this is the corporation shit that we want to talk about. So uh, Hollywood is built on unions, right? There's the writers' union, there's the SAG-AFTRA uh, uh, actors' guild, there is guild. there's the directors' guild, and then there's the uh, I believe it's called the international IATSE. It's IATSE, but it's basically the international. It's what producers. And on-set folks and everything like that go for. So, so hang on. The one thing I want, let me throw one thing in to help you, just to, to for our audience because I don't think they know this. So this is your like grips, your electricians, the guys that like do the really hard hard work on a set are all in IATSE. Yeah, this the is the guys who hold the cameras. Well, no, because then there's 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 a DPs guild too, though. So like the yep. DP and the the all the people that work for so the way that the way the productions work, right? And this is because I've been in the director seat for a number of these things, not just on streaming, but in my day job. Uh, if I'm in the director seat, I have a director of photography, and their job is essentially to lead a team to get uh, every shot that we need, and they they will counsel you as the director. Uh, on what looks best, they will work with you, and uh, all of the different pieces and parts. So they know they know their cameras inside and out. They have their favorites. They've got all the technical knowledge, and they've got a team that's supporting them. Uh, then you've got the uh, carpenters, the grips, the lighting crews, all of that stuff. That is part of IATSE. That is a union that supports them. Because when I go and I shoot on uh, my day job, I have to be done by a certain time throughout the day. I can petition the uh, group to work 30 minutes past that time, and that's it. I have to shut it down or I have to start paying a lot of money in overtime. That's how it should be, right? So you plan your day very methodically about how long it takes everybody to load in, set a stage up, get hair, makeup, you name it, done, get everybody on set, shoot for a certain amount of time, with takes, with reviews, everything like that. You have to break for lunch at a certain time. It's very regimented how you make films in, in Hollywood. Whew. Here's the thing. <laughs> Once you wrap on a day, so say I can go from 9 a.m. to 5, at most I can go to 5.30. The grips, carpenters, and other folks still have to clean up if you're on location. Meaning if I'm shooting at somebody's house, which in in Hollywood, people just rent out your house to be able to shoot it. You make a lot of money for a day rate and I come in with a crew and I basically take over your house and I shoot whatever I need to shoot in the house and then I have to leave. My crew that we hire through the production company has to then clean up and put everything back together and put everything back where it's at. They might still be there till seven, eight o'clock at night because you wrap at 530, but it still takes about two hours to get things done. Now they get paid 
but you're still working till like eight o'clock at night. That's a 12 to 14 hour day. So one of the things that they are thinking about pushing back on is these times, rightfully so. Uh, if you remember back, I think over about a decade ago or so, maybe even a little less, there was a writer strike in Hollywood that basically shut everything down. This will shut even more things down because these are the people who are doing a lot of grunt work that without them, none of these programs would ever go off, right? Uh, they need better health care. They need a lot of different things. So IATSE essentially is planning to vote on the strike on Friday. Yep. Hollywood's COVID protocols, which is a set of protocols that everybody in Hollywood and in production SAG doesn't matter if you're on set, which I had to be uh, recently for a couple different places. If you're on set, you have to follow these protocols. We call them. Uh, there are these people that are on set called COVID cops uh, and they make sure that all the protocols are being followed, all that kind of stuff. Um, that runs out on Thursday, I think, if I believe if I remember correctly. I think it runs out on Thursday. Uh, yes, it expires on Thursday. The votes on Friday. So there's like a there's like this weird overhang where like the things that IATSE really needs them to be doing, which is like the COVID protocols, the time, everything like that, basically runs out, and then they have to like call for a strike vote. So all of these things could possibly be up in the air. Uh, what can you do about that? Well, the the best thing that you can do about it is call for more unionization when it comes to Hollywood. Uh, don't support certain companies if they take a strike or a stand against that. Um, and essentially support with your wallet at the moment and or call if you're in California. Uh, California, New York, and uh, I think Las Vegas. Uh, if you're in one of those major states, uh, call your congressman and tell them to start putting pressure uh, to get these things passed because the people who are doing the grunt work on these amazing shows deserve to be protected, they deserve to be paid, and they deserve to have time off. I cannot tell you enough how much it is when you are working on one of these sets. All these people are freelance, they're hired by the day or by the production. And when that's done, you are not guaranteed work. And that's tough. That is very tough. And so just keep that in mind as you're starting to go through to the holiday seasons and things like that. Uh, see what you can do find ways to support uh and as we come up and we find some more ways we'll let you know but i just wanted to put that out there for full faith and and, and understanding that like this does actually connect to our uh support your people sort of feelings with identico um and we'd be remiss without talking about this um having our own you know union cards and things like that and having worked with so many of these wonderful people down there uh you cannot do this without a crew i promise you um so support them, pay them, do what they need to do. Looking at you. You know who you are. Okay. Seize the means, to be honest. There you go. Do it. Um, yeah. Okay. Good. Chat's going off on this. Perfect. That's what we need to be looking at. Um, as, much as, as much as it will pain us all to lose some of our entertainment in a few months, because they'll put out everything they've already got in the can, yeah. I actually needs to strike. I think it's the only way that they're going to get the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Production people to uh, to do anything. Yeah, they can, I, they can shut it down just like our government's going to, and they will be way less annoying about it. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, essentially, essentially what it is now. is they they're gonna do, they're gonna hold a, a strike authorization uh, October one through three. Uh, they need a new deal for working with the production companies. Uh, basically, it would put them on immediate strike, and yes, we'd lose some entertainment probably in the February to March timeline. Is probably what it would look like. So. Uh, be okay with that at the moment because we might just have to ride this one out for a bit because they really do need uh, better working conditions all up and they need the deal signed and if uh, those folks in Hollywood don't want to play ball with them as it is what it is you gotta do it so um alright we're gonna we take, take a break. break yep we're gonna take a break uh, I only have a normal ACS break screen unfortunately but uh, we're gonna I take a break okay. Uh, go grab refills and uh, so the real fight now begins. I'm back everyone. The real fight begins because it's essentially going to be Alex versus Joe on the Ahsoka. So, so just let's, the Ahsoka. Let's, let's, let's tease this. Here's my thesis. In the modern context of Star Wars ranging from the Old Republic to everything now like Mandalorian and forward Ahsoka is the primary character that ties everything together, and that character is written in the perfect way to do exactly that. And I will tell you how all of that's bullshit. <laughs> and not. you'll hear all of that plus more when we return. Welcome back. So I imagine this much. I imagine this like the song in Hamilton where it's the, the cabinet battle. Oh. Are we supposed to do this in rap form? <laughs> oh, you don't want that. <laughs> if three white boys try to rap on, on, on stream, that's not going to work. Um, no. But I, I, I want this to be somewhat civil. No. Too, not too many shots below the belt if we can help it, please. Oh, you're ugly and you smell bad. God damn it. I know. <laughs> it's I'm a kidding. burden I carry every day. <laughs> so the, the issue on the table as we were going into break, Ahsoka is the thread that pulls all of the Star Wars, at least movies, and at least the animated series and shows. I said civil, please. But Ahsoka and and that Ahsoka is a more powerful Jedi than Luke Skywalker. Mr. Wood, you have the floor. Hang on. No, Hang on. I I am I am the law! I have to gear up for this. Okay, fine. <laughs> Mr. You're not supposed to push him down first. You're supposed to... Whatever. Mr. Wood, you have the floor to make your argument. Okay. Ahsoka versus Darth Jar Jar. Someday. Someday. Okay. So this is something that occurred to me recently. Ahsoka is our surrogate viewer. She is the surrogate for the viewer to the thing. She gets to watch. Hold on. Can we explain for those people who don't know what Ahsoka is? So Ahsoka is a Togruta Jedi who exists in the greater canon now of the Star Wars universe. She was first introduced in the Clone Wars cartoon show as the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker just after he was made a Jedi Knight, which happens just at the beginning of the Clone Wars. Uh, so 
So she stays with Anakin until just before the events of Revenge of the Sith, when she leaves the Jedi Order voluntarily. She's like, fuck you people, deuces, I'm out. And she leaves. Uh, she does run back into Anakin again just before the events of Revenge of the Sith. Um, and then she kind of disappears from the narrative for a little bit. Uh, after the rise of the Empire, she becomes an agent for the nascent rebellion and starts helping them out. Um, she kind of helps get the nascent rebellion rolling and doing stuff and this, this, that, and the other. And she kind of leaves the narrative for a little bit. We're not super clear on exactly where she went. And then obviously the latest and I guess chronologically latest that we see Ahsoka is in the episode in the most recent season of The Mandalorian when Bo-Katan, who has a long history with Ahsoka, sends uh, Din Djarik and Grogu to this planet where she knows Ahsoka is looking for Grand Admiral Thrawn. <clears throat> so that's kind of the, the broad sweeps of Ahsoka and who she is as a character like and how she kind of fits into the whole narrative. Um, my contention, especially more recently, is she is, in a lot of films and television, you'll have basically the character that is the viewer, right? It's almost like the surrogate viewer. They may or may not have a lot of agency in how everything kind of plays out, but they're there to kind of be our surrogate in the world. They're there to see everything. And in a lot of ways, Ahsoka is that for a lot of the major events that occur in Star Wars. She's initially, and I actually think very intentionally in the early seasons of Clone Wars, written to be very annoying, right? Because she's super young. She is a very young, probably 12 or 13 year old Padawan learner who's just trying to figure shit out. And she's headstrong and crazy. And that's why Yoda assigns her to Anakin. Um, so she's there for a lot of this um, and for a lot of the things that are happening in that universe. And again, as she develops this character, as she goes on, her motivations become more clear. She begins to really understand the Jedi. And for a lot of our, a lot of people who remember the old EU and things like that, she takes this role of when she leaves the Jedi Order, she straight up stops being a Jedi. And like like or dislike the, the mechanic of it for the new lightsabers, she bleeds out her lightsabers. Her lightsabers become white because she's like, no more blue, no more green, no more goofball. No, I am just, I'm not a Jedi anymore. I use lightsabers because I was trained to use them, but I don't consider myself a Jedi because the Order screwed me over. She's one of the people that calls out the Order on its hypocrisy and is able to see its hypocrisy and how it's failing toward the tail end of the Old Republic. She she serves a lot of really critical things in that... In, in tying all of how do we get from Republic to Empire to New Republic. So she, she ties a lot of that together. So... To my mind, she is one of the most important characters, if not the most important character they've written into the canon outside of the, the, the you know, Luke, Han, Leia, etc. Okay. Mr. Uh, Mr. Grandpa, your rebuttal. 
Oh my god, this is so much bullshit. Man, you could not have made that be more bullshitty possible. Like, I don't have words. Okay. Bring it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to throw out my my definition of what she is, like you did. So, uh, what I <laughs> Fuck you, Mallow. <laughs> With your D's nuts. Alright. So, much like you say, he, she's the stand-in for the, the viewer. Bullshit. <laughs> she this is a this is a three-part thing for what she is now i'm not saying like three part as in i have three you know synopsis is written for this i just there's three particular facets that make her bullshit ahsoka is nothing more than a surrogate anakin skywalker she is the child that anakin skywalker never got to be because he went into be broody mcbrood fuck She's the she is the the surrogate Anakin Skywalker that we never got a chance to see and that Anakin never got to be. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll talk on that in a little bit. This is my dissertation on what she is. Because that's crap too. She, I don't really like this term because it kind of feels vaguely sexist, but I couldn't find anything equivalent to it. But she's what they call a black hole suit. <laughs> what? She exists. Because someone thought she would be cool to put in there, and all this, oh, she's so important to the story, they had to make her important to the story because she broke the story so badly that they couldn't do anything but make her important to bring it back around to where it was supposed to be. Okay. The third thing <clears throat> is she's meant to be some kind of foil to Anakin in the, sim in the similar sense to that she's a surrogate Anakin. She's meant to be his foil, and she's his foil in ways that make no sense whatsoever. They only exist because the show writer, or the Filoni, whatever the fuck his title was, right, put her in there and kept her in there because she was his pet. That is the only reason she continued to exist. She should have been a bit character. She shouldn't have existed at all, but she should have been a bit character that went away and never came back after like a season or two. So now, do we want, that's what I take on what, what she is. Do we want to go into more specific details? Now? Right. What's the full oh, run yeah. of this? No, we're, so this is a full run. Let's, let's start with your, your absolutely crap point. <laughs> that she's a surrogate Anakin. Anakin. I'm sorry, she I couldn't even say it. She's not. In every way, shape, and form, she is. First off, absolutely not. Her background is 1,000% different than Anakin's. And furthermore, what do you mean she was supposed to be the character that we were supposed to see at Anakin? No, we weren't supposed to see that character out of Anakin. Anakin was the character we were supposed to see. No, I didn't say that. Well, maybe I did, but we weren't supposed <laughs> oh, wait, to. Maybe I did. We were not supposed to see that Anakin. Because, you know, we, we all know... That what, Anakin doesn't exist! Yeah, we all know that he became Darth Vader. But that she is what Anakin would have been if he hadn't started as a slave, became a Jedi when he did, and then fell to the dark side. How do you figure? Because she is literally we, everything that no, Anakin was we, to begin with. We have no idea how Anakin would have developed had the Jedi Order found him as an infant and taken him from his parents. You yeah, cannot... Yeah, we do. Because we, we have don't. Ahsoka. We don't. That 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 is an entirely baselessless point because you're like you're like she's what Anakin would have been. How do we know that? We don't know that. We know that Ahsoka went through the more traditional Jedi path. Mm -hmm. 
I was found as a baby. Like Anakin did not get to. Right. They brought me to the temple. So that exactly. She's not Anakin. She's what Anakin would have been if he had gotten the proper training. One piece of evidence to show that. You could just look at her. (laughs) (laughs) She's literally everything Anakin was supposed to. The Anakin, not not Anakin as in like plot wise, but the Anakin that existed in the Star Wars universe. So she was what Anakin was supposed to be. There's nothing in the writing that shows that. You don't have to put it in the writing. It's blatantly obvious. Yeah. You have to put it in the writing because the writing is what makes the show. No. What do you mean? No. no. There, do you mean are you no? telling me they can't uh, imply things? Yes, through the writing, <laughs> and that's not something they imply. They did. The it is they not. They did. This is what this is going to be, folks. It's just going to be him and I yelling <laughs> stuff without any. We real had. Resolution. We had the original idea is we had some fucking pool noodles involved, and they were actually outside in the hot tub. But it got cold we, here in Seattle already, so fuck that. Yeah, we got past summer. Yeah. Okay. So I'm confused though as to what the fuck you're implying with I don't Alright, as playing referee here, I need you to explain a little bit more about what you mean by as what Anakin would have become. Because like So explain. So Anakin Now this is this you have to suspend a little bit of knowledge about Anakin to some extent. Okay. Anakin we can always argue that Anakin as he existed in the movie, was inevitable because he was feeded by the Force, which I still don't really like that statement. It was kind of dumb. But Anakin, if he not had not been made a slave, because let's let's be honest, he started out basically having to be an adult at like age five or six. I don't remember how sure. his character was at that age because he, wow. he was the property of Watto. Mm-hmm. He never got to be a kid. He never got to have the emotional development that a kid normally has. He was forced into the world, so he started life bitter and angry. If you had, which inevitably, inevitably, words, led to the events that made him become Vader. Because the turning point, the real turning point for Anakin was when he went back to Tatooine, his mom got killed, and he murdered all the people. That was the real turning point. It was not the beginning of the turn, but it was where you finally rounded that corner and got onto the next road and head down the way. <laughs> that's when he became really dark. That's be- that's when he went through his emo phase? Yeah, that's where he went through his emo phase. <laughs> okay. He actually went emo about it afterwards. He's like, I killed them all. I slaughtered them. Stop people from dying. Yeah. But, this is why George shouldn't write dialogue. Yeah. True. <laughs> I love you, George, she- but still. She was what Ana- that she is what Anakin would have been if he was not put in those circumstances. Now you can argue that the Force put him in those circumstances because that's what he the Force to happen. Whatever. Dave Filoni is Dave Filoni. I can't remember his first name. That's Filoni. Filoni. He created her because he was it, it, he had to have been like. What would Anakin be like if he wasn't, you know, forced into slavery this whole time? Because she has similar characteristics to the Anakin we see in episode one basically being an annoying child that just runs around and insults everybody she has the same kind of naive everything's good everything's awesome everything is great the jedi are awesome in the beginning i know she leaves the jedi order in the beginning or towards the middle to end of the clone war stuff she basically does 
I lost that train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna. I'm. I'm gonna stop you because, because, because I see one thing you're doing there, and I. And this is again where I'm gonna disagree. You said that when she first shows up, she's annoying and insults everybody. Da 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 da. Anakin in Episode One does no such thing. When Anakin first, when we are first introduced to Anakin, like he is literally just like, "Oh hi, how are you?" Oh, hey, there's a storm coming. Why don't you come to my house? Right? If anything, he's the opposite of insult anybody. The only person he gets, like, lippy with is Sebulba. And that's, like, right before the race. He's like, better to do, Sebulba. You know, in hoodies. <laughs> Anakin is the opposite of a headstrong, lippy, like, annoying, like, he doesn't do that. If anything, his annoying piece is that he's saccharine sweet to everybody because he, like his mother says to Qui-Gon, he doesn't understand want, right? Like, he he doesn't understand the idea of having possess or having or wanting anything because mm -hmm. he knows he can't have it. That's just it. Is that when Ahsoka gets to Anakin... He gets lippy with Watto, too. I want to point that out. He gets a little lippy with Watto. I mean, wouldn't you, though? I mean, yeah, come I, on. And Jar Jar Binks. Okay, again. No, he didn't get lippy with Obi-Wan. He got lippy with Obi-Wan. When did he get lippy with Obi-Wan? Because Obi-Wan called him a... a what was it? But he doesn't respond to that at all. And Obi-Wan doesn't say that in front of Anakin. He looks at Qui-Gon and he goes, why do I feel like we've picked up another pathetic life form? Mm -hmm. Right? because they've already picked up Jar Jar, right? <laughs> and so he's like, why are we picking up another pathetic life form? And then he's like, he's like, and, and then Qui-Gon introduces him. He doesn't get lippy with Obi-Wan. He does too. He does in the Starfighter hangar. He gets lippy with him. He does not. And intentionally does the opposite of what he by, was told to do. By, and by Qui-Gon, not Obi-Wan. And he doesn't do the opposite. And in fact, he, he is doing the, the no. He's doing that. Well, I got thing. told him to he's stay here, not trap he your ass exactly into a fire He's, he's doing. He's space. doing that willful obedience thing, which is something I learned very well in the army. Which was, I did what you told me. Malicious, malicious compliance. compliance. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Theory video that pops up and it'll be on YouTube for four hours. I love it. Okay, so she is nothing, and I mean nothing like Anakin at that point. And in fact, yeah. I would say the She's what Anakin would have been. No, and again, you have no basis of evidence for that. Well, so I he... have evidence for that that the, she fills the same niche role. No, she doesn't. Yes, but, she does. But is that, is that is that? Well, hold on, hold on. So, so is that meant to be in like a way of? Because the thing that I'm the thing that I'm interested in with with Ahsoka is like. Is that also meant to be... Because by the time we get Clone Wars, we have seen Episode 2. So yes. all you've heard throughout Episode 2 is how much Anakin is brooding and shit like that and still wanting to get in Padme. Um, <clears throat> that was the first thing we knew about An with, about Anakin, is he wanted Padme, like, yes. tomorrow. Um, so yeah. let's, let's be honest... He was on. He was on. Uh, he was trying to get to Pound Town as quickly as he possibly could. So we, and he's still on that malicious compliance thing. A little bit. Obi Wan, right in the beginning, he's like, he's like, you're using her as bait. Yeah, <laughs> I can sense everything. It's fine. I'm here guarding her. Yeah, but like Obi Wan. Obi Wan was also very like. Um, 
Obi Wan was very uh, cocky throughout all of episode. Yeah. Like you can see the reason and the fall of the Jedi through episodes two and three because they are cocky. You know what's right. Um, but like, is, is that meant to be a little bit of a mirror put up to Anakin in that part of the series? Because if, if Anakin was doing that to Obi-Wan and now Anakin has to deal with the same exact type of characteristics, but now he's in charge of that, right? Yes. Is that meant to then be a bit of a mirror to go, oh, well, let's see how he handles it. That was yeah. the point that I was going to get to. That doesn't make her. That doesn't make her a surrogate. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Yes, that's, it does that's... because. It, I don't also, think you can be a surrogate making... if you're both on on camera. That's all I'm going to say. You're also making the your fallacy that because she's a surrogate, she has to be the one-to-one opposite of what Anakin was, and that's no. not true. Because, like, as far as I know, which granted, I don't know Ahsoka's, like, intricate details that well. As far as I know, there's no one that she wants to go to pound town with. No. So, so there are some things that you kind of have to just kind of set aside. Because just because she's a surrogate does not mean she's the antithesis. And and, and I didn't say that that's what you meant. But what I'm saying is is that that's not the role that she's supposed to be filling in the story. It is. Because Anakin, in the first episode... Mm. Which, granted, was the only time he was a kid. We didn't get a whole lot of kid Anakin time. Because it pretty much skipped from him being a kid to him being, what, 15, 16, something like uh, that. No, it goes from um, 9 to 19. Yeah, so we didn't get a whole lot of Anakin kid time. But Ahsoka was very much... Anakin was originally meant to be the child foible to the, the dynamic duo of, of Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. He became their basically baggage through the entire movie until the culmination when he becomes a Jedi and then he's still technically baggage. But like he was see, basically carried around like a piece of luggage the entire no, film. See, this is again, you're getting it. You're getting off topic. And someone needs no. to hit the damn tangent counter. No, this is not off topic. It absolutely is off topic because the reason a Anakin wasn't baggage, right? The he thing was. is, is that Qui-Gon, right? Which they very clearly established has two primary issues, right? One he has this nasty tendency of telling the council to go fuck themselves, right? Which, which, arguably. which they, which they, they establish very early in the film, right? Master, you would be on the council if you would just blah 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 blah. And he's like, right, but I follow the will of the force. Fuck you, <laughs> right? Master, you would be on the council if you would just shut the fuck up, right? That's basically what Obi Wan's saying, the whole damn thing, right? Qui-Gon is taking this kid and not making him baggage, but is going, no, I'm going to take this kid under my wing because Qui-Gon, while I don't think, and again, this is something that Clone Wars does a really good job explaining, which I think they fucked up in the original prequel trilogy, Qui-Gon knows that this prophecy is going to happen, but what Qui-Gon also knows is that prophecy is wonky and he may not understand exactly how, and he wants to make sure for damn sure that if this is going to come play out, it's going to play out the right way. When Qui-Gon dies, that whole program gets shot off to the side, and there is a huge danger. Anakin fulfills the prophecy. He just did it in the way that none of the Jedi thought. But you're, you're talking about future Anakin. We're talking about child Anakin in the comparison of with Ahsoka. And child Anakin, is, is child Anakin all through episode he, one was baggage. He, he the was only good. thing he did of import was fly into the ship and accidentally no, blow up. No, the only thing he did of import was ensure that they could get the damn parts they needed to get off of 
fucking Tatooine. That is a flimsy right? thing at best. Like, <laughs> really? Fucking Jedi. They could have just ganked the part and left. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. Bank parts and let leave. Right? Qui-Gon's not going to go just chop Watto's head off and take the damn part. You don't have to chop his head off. You just walk in, take it, this is a, this is the greater, for the greater good of the galaxy, and leave. Like, that's right. the end of story. Like, Anakin was baggage through the entire first movie. The problem is, is that you're presuming that that thought ever crossed Qui-Gon's mind. It did, because they it literally did. said, can we just get it? Can we just no, take it? No, they never say that. Yeah, they did. No, because he yes, asked everyone if they have the money to do it. They don't have any money. But He's any rate, it. This, is, this is definitely tangent territory. But so. any rate, <laughs> Ahsoka fulfills the same role that Anakin did in the first episode. She just does it for like 97 fucking seasons for some reason. <laughs> no, because again, she fulfills a much greater role because First they option, had to do it. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. To, to, to A, to Anakin's development, and B, to the development of the Jedi Order, to a lot of the things that happen throughout the series, and don't even get me started on what happens in Rebels, right? Because without because her... had to put all that shit in there to fix the shit that she broke. She didn't break anything. She did, and I <laughs> I, what, I have notes on it. All right, give, give me some shit she broke. Literally the Besides entire your heart. story. No, you can't just go literally the entire I'm story. Getting, I'm getting back to it. No. Literally the entire story, she breaks it. There's like, there are, oh. there's, I have a literal checklist of like 10 things. Let's that she hear it then. No. The first thing she breaks is the Order 66 shit. In the original, the original established canon, and I'm not talking EU, we're talking like solely movies here. In the original established canon, the only Jedi survivors were Luke, or not Luke, uh, Obi-Wan and Yoda. Where does it ever definitively, both in the old canon and the new canon, say that? George Lucas said it. But anyway. No, he, no, he did not. But anyway, <laughs> she breaks it because apparently during all of this time, she's out there running around, which makes no sense because in, in established lore, Jedi who have familiarity with each other are able to sense where they are at pretty much all times. The reason oh, why that hang on. Go ahead. Yoda went into hiding on Dagobah specifically, so he was in proximity to that dark side nexus to make himself invisible. In later EU stuff, now we're, we're kind of touching into the original EU stuff. It was, was a whole bunch of Jedi that yes, survived the original yes. purge. But it was originally stated it was it wasn't outright stated, but it was heavily hinted at that Vader knew that um, Obi-Wan was on Tatooine all along. And, so, he, and that's why they had an Imperial presence on Tatooine, because they never had an Imperial presence before. Like, they're, they're in the previous canon, none of the governments that came before uh, the Empire ever had a presence on Narsha. Oh, wait, hang on. Hang on. Mallow with a silent hand. Well, I was going to let him finish that particular one, but uh, yeah, I'm glad we're getting rid of that part, because that's fucking dumb. Yeah. So <laughs> that Vader knew that Obi-Wan was on Tatooine the whole time and chose not to intervene because of his past relationship and personal conflict with his former master. Presumably, Ahsoka had a relationship with Yoda and Obi-Wan Kenobi, and at no point in the original trilogies or any of the, the stuff that happened for decades after that did she ever make any so, attempt to talk to them. This is this is established stuff. Again, 
old canon, new canon, doesn't matter. Number one. It doesn't matter. How, how did all of the Jedi who survived, the old canon or the new canon, what happened? All of them used the Force to essentially dampen their Force presence, right? Number one. They dampened their Force presence. They're hiding Why? under a blanket. Because they, they dipped it literally. Bullshit. <laughs> no. This is old canon. Yoda, Yoda, the most powerful Jedi Master that ever lived. And that's why he had to go hide on a fucking planet. If he couldn't dampen his, if he had to rely on a fucking negative force hotspot to to fucking hide himself. And look, in the new canon, that's not established that that's why he went to Dagobah, right? It might have been in the old canon, not in the new canon. That's not why he went to Dagobah in the new canon, okay? Kanan, now you've got Cal Kestis in the new canon, you've got Ahsoka, you got a few others that managed to survive the purge. Not many, but a few, mm-hmm. right? Um, they dampen their force powers, they specifically do not reach out into the force because they do not want to be detected. So this okay? is going to fall down yes. to a new canon versus old canon debate. Again, you can argue it either way. <sighs> no, this is going to fall. Times, this is going to fall. Vader and the Emperor were not able to sense every Force user that was wandering around the jet, the galaxy at no. all times. Vader and the Emperor Vader could not because they didn't found, have a personal relationship. Vader with never show. found Obi Wan. Okay, because and he didn't, he didn't want to. No, and, and maybe that's the case, but it still fucking worked, didn't it? And here's the thing. <clears throat> As far as Vader knew, he had no idea. And then again, we're dealing with Ahsoka now. He had no idea what happened to Ahsoka. And as far as Ahsoka was concerned, because the official word in the new canon as to what happened to Anakin Skywalker is he died, right? So as far as Ahsoka is concerned, he's fucking dead. She finds out that he's not dead when mm-hmm. she comes into contact with Vader Which by literally, bullshit. by literally reaching out into the Force to this fucking pilot that's chasing them and going. Oh boy, that fucking presence seems familiar. And then Vader goes, "Oh, you got to be fucking kidding me!" The apprentice lips, right? He doesn't say "fucking kidding me," but that's what he but does. But it would he be goes, much cooler if he did. And it would again, be much cooler if he did. He goes, "Oh, is alive. Bullshit. Gotta go." Hold on, right? Here's Why the thing. Bullshit. Hold on. Just because you declare it bullshit is not making bullshit. If they used the actual canon that existed, she should have known that Vader was Anakin all along because she still would have been able to feel his force presence. No, unless you're trying to tell not, me that he tried to get his own force presence. No, because is she looking for it? Because here's the thing. I can it doesn't matter I, if she's looking for it or not. Yes, it does. Because you can no, walk into a stadium full of fucking people and say, oh, I know Sean's here somewhere, but until I start looking for you him, I may feel, not see him. You can feel a, you can feel a disturbance is, in the force from across the galaxy, but you can't tell that you're Yeah, you're with old, millions old. of fucking people <laughs> die. <laughs> no, because there were a lot of times they felt a disturbance without a lot of people dying. The, when? The, the, the trademark, I have a bad feeling about this. When? It has nothing to do with anything. Yes, it does. When? Everything to do with it. Solo says I have a bad feeling about this all the time. He because doesn't have just the because force. he's not a force user doesn't mean he can't have some force input. Trademark. The force is a, force is space magic. It could do whatever the fuck it wants. It surrounds okay. us. It penetrates That's us. My point. Why? Us. Why? <laughs> it's not hard to go. Okay, Vader didn't realize this, Anakin, Ahsoka was there. Ahsoka didn't realize Anakin was still alive, so didn't look for him. Spider-Man okay. meme. No, Pete. Han Solo was not. No. No. Here, here's no. the here's the question though. All right. Okay. Uh, you guys are going back and forth about cannons and all this kind of shit. In my in my mind, and mind you, I'm a writer by trade. This is what I do. In nowhere in the original trilogy did it ever say that 
they could sense each other anywhere on the galaxy. The only times that they ever exactly. sensed each other were when they, they were know. near each other. No. That's it. That's it. That was it. No. So again, let's let's talk about this canon thing because we really do have to kind of settle this. Are we? Because right now, what I'm doing is I'm as much as I loved, and Star Wars was my original obsessive fandom. It was mm -hmm. my first. Right. It was like Star Wars, then Star Trek, then Marvel. Right. I have. I still have most of the old EU books because I loved them. They were really well. They were great. Read all of them. Yeah, most of them. But I have discharged them from my mind when when viewing current Star Wars because they're just not canon anymore, right? They're not canon anymore because of shit like Ahsoka breaking everything and they have Ahsoka to rewrite doesn't shit break it. it. First off, <laughs> she's not the reason they ditched the old canon. No, she's point. not, but she was a contributing okay. factor. She was not a contributing factor in the least bit. She was. She was not, okay? Because again, no. <laughs> like, we know why they got rid of the old canon. I was watching a thing with Dave Filoni earlier today about this. Well, it was just like listening to some kindergarten talking about who gets the next milk. Okay. So, in the new canon, which is the canon, it's, again, like Mallow said, they've never said that they can sense each other anywhere. They're saying you can sense them from far away if you're looking, and when they're nearby, they tend to ping each other, right? <laughs> That's why when Obi-Wan gets onto the Death Star, Darth Vader's like, I sense a presence that I haven't felt since swirly cape walk away yeah yeah right but you're you're omitting, you're, you're omitting the one time tweet. that they actually did in canon on film show that they could sense each other from across the galaxy where when when uh anakin skywalker goes and murders the village it immediately cuts to a scene of yoda like staring off into space feeling sad and gets a, this resolute face where he just he knew that anakin had just done some terrible shit and so there is that is that right there is point one that they absolutely can see each other and I but I, he still can, I still contend I still contend that with, Yoda Yoda didn't know what he did I I contend that Yoda didn't know what he did no, or something I'm not he just saying that, shit was going wrong I'm not saying that they have the ability to fucking strap into their GoPro and see exactly what they're doing but they do have the ability to sense each other and they do have the ability to sense their current state. Here's the thing. Thing, again, getting back to making films. What neither of you guys have said. In that particular scene, Yoda does not hear or sense Anakin. He's Yoda right. hears uh, that, that Yoda hears Qui-Gon Jinn go, Anakin, no. Because Qui-Gon is a fucking force ghost at that point. I Yoda mean, doesn't see or Wars. hear anything at all. So no, mm -hmm. yes, Yoda is. is not reaching out across the fucking galaxy to figure he out is. what. No, he's not. Because this is called the, filmmaking. The, the, reason, the reason why the Jedi could feel the what the Alderaan getting blown up because, like you're saying, millions of people died all yes. at once. Anakin did not kill millions of fucking Tusken Raiders. He killed like maybe thirty. But he also like, why have Qui Gon in that scene then? Why have uh, Qui Gon's voice in the scene if that is not to connect? that particular thought because yeah. qui-gon and and actually they do explain this in clovers by this point qui-gon has figured out half of how to become a force ghost right insofar as he can look down at shit and see what's going on and he's actually just learning how to basically communicate back they do explain that in clone wars because yoda goes on his giant walkabout and goes to visit qui-gon which is also the like the throwaway line they have at the end of Revenge of the Sith when Yoda is talking to Obi Wan and he's like, 
someone to teach you I still have. And it's like, you will communicate with Qui-Gon, right? Because Yoda's figured out how to commune with Qui-Gon and Qui-Gon's teaching them all how to become force ghosts. And that all has to do with familiarity. No, it actually has nothing to do with familiarity based on how they become force ghosts. Uh, because once they become force ghosts, it's who they choose to talk to. <laughs> they just, they they just jump back in. <laughs> We're still, at this point, we are still debating old canon versus new. And I'm saying, I'm not debating old canon anymore. You I'm are. saying, no, in Revenge of the Sith, in Clone Wars, which is in the new canon, this is what they're saying. It has nothing to do with Qui-Gon saying, like, Qui-Gon's familiarity has nothing to do with his ability to become a Force Ghost, nor does it Obi-Wan's. It all has to do with, do I fucking learn how to do it? And you still haven't shown how Ahsoka broke it. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're getting to that, because we keep getting off on fucking dumbass tangents. Uh, go ahead, what's your next point? Because your first point was... First point was completely valid and accurate. <laughs> Inane. Hang on, I'm checking my notes. We're going to have to put a poll in chat later. I mean, we all know how that's going to go, because like three quarters of the chat was like, oh man, Ahsoka, she's my bae. <laughs> I mean, this is a rigged argument for me anyway, so I'm just doing it for fun and because I hate the character. Go ahead. Um, uh, notes. Okay. So, part of the, this is just one of the one of the ways she has broken the the the, the storyline. In none of the films, I'm talking episodes one, two, three, four, five, and six. Uh, we we have to we have to take this slightly aside from the, the the canon that has the 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 episodes in it as well or the Clone Wars TV show. We have to take it kind of aside because when those films were created, okay. uh, the Clone Wars didn't exist. The the TV show. At no point in any of those films did it ever reference the fact that Anakin had a Padawan. Not once. Nor did it reference the fact that R2-D2 met Yoda. And, I mean, whatever. And Obi-Wan to begin with. I, I, I also... I, I, I'm it, saying, like... That's like, a different plot hole. We're not talking about that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Fair. If you're going to use that as your logic, right? Like, the fact of the matter is, is like, nowhere in the things did it ever be like... Yes, but... When, but then but after Luke came back R2 to get to the Cloud City... Chewie was like, hey, bitch, where were you? And he's like, I was training this little green Jedi guy. And, and Chewie wasn't like, oh, you mean like Yoda? And he's like, hey, you know Yoda? Like, yeah. I'm doing that, you know, the guy from Ant-Man, right? But that, it that never is, references that shit. We're, we're talking about the scale of things here. I'm Plot. talking about the fact that you went to go train with a short, pointy-eared green Jedi and that never came up. The fact, the fact that Chewie and some of the other characters did not have little relatively minor things because whether or not Chewie had known Yoda has no bearing on the story. Like for all we know, they talked about it afterwards. Anakin having a Padawan who left the Jedi Order has no bearing on what happens in Revenge of the Sith. Yes, it does. It has everything to do with it because you are telling me that Ahsoka Tano is the one character that is the most powerful and ties everything together. Right, but they couldn't even drop a single reference to him having they a don't, They wouldn't even have to drop a name. They, they don't need just to. Said, yes, they, they don't, do. No, they don't. Because here's the thing. She still maintains that surrogate viewer point because, again, she learns in fairly short order in the galactic scheme of things that Anakin became Darth Vader. And she confronts him about it. Right? 
And actually, he confronts her very specifically because of that. Because if you look at Revenge of the Sith, the story of Revenge of the Sith is super contained. Like in Star Wars terms, it takes place in the course of like just a couple weeks, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a long story. It's rescue the fucking Chancellor. Everybody splits apart because, you know, splitting the party, that's always a good idea, right? Obi-Wan <laughs> wanders off to Utapau, right? Anakin wanders off this way. Everybody goes their separate freaking ways, and that's how the Emperor is able to rip everybody to pieces, right? Yoda goes off to the Wookiees. Order 66 happens because they're not together, right? Anakin can't become a master, yada, 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 yada. But right? you, don't, you don't think You that. don't. There's nothing in there that says, oh, hey, we should also mention that Anakin had an apprentice. I don't. It yes. makes no difference. It, it, yes, because the only reason why she's the most important character is because they made her the most important character. Because before that happened, I didn't say she, she was the most did, important character. I said she tied everything exist. together. You would think that a character that was as important as Are we really going to get mad about retconning things? They would have things? said something about him at any at any point. They could have even just said, oh, he had a Padawan at one point. Like, they could have just thrown it in as a, like a toss-away like, comment. But they did not. Because the original intent was Darth Vader slash Anakin did not have an apprentice. How do you figure? Because he went to the dark side pretty much immediately. No, because again, if we're going off of, there is a significant gap, and even George said this, there's a significant mm -hmm. gap between episodes two and three. And one of the story yeah, failings, and this goes, this actually goes back to what we were talking about before the break. What you can do with TV that's hard to do in film, right? He's trying to keep these a manageable length. So you've got a five-year-ish gap between two and three, and who the so, hell knows what happens? Throwing in a 10 second line would have made it unmanageable. And, and again, was, wait, but the clone, did, the clone the Wars, did the Clone Wars TV shows exist when Revenge of the Sith was being made? No, no. Oh, okay. It so came years later. That's why I'm saying she broke the fucking canon. Because the original canon. It didn't break the canon because yes, again, she, did. she broke only, it because the only original. If you, it is a necessary thing for us to know. Again, Taking it, it context that she has to, they have to reference her in Revenge of the Sith. Yes, because did someone make a, a noise? Sound like someone made a beer popping noise. That was me. Okay. Why? Because <laughs> I had to get another one. Okay. <laughs> about I thought that was a sarcastic popping noise. <laughs> if she's as important as everyone says she is, she should have merited at least a toss away mention. The, the original canon as existed was it was a conflict between the Skywalker clan. Pure and simple. But the Skywalker clan at the point of Revenge of the Sith consists of one person. Yes. <laughs> and what he does to the galaxy. Right. But no, no him, hold on. Him, having, him having an apprentice is not like a game breaker for that plot line. You're right on that front. I would like to uh, add an additional argument, though, that it wasn't even actually Darth Vader that did all the work. It was Chancellor Palpatine. Eh, Darth Vader did some work, too. He killed some kids. Yeah, that was the, but think about I'm it kind of with that was his there. work in fucking this is what I, this is my problem he with revenge the kids and then the, all the remaining jedi that escaped from lord of 66. no because we never see it it's not par canon that's the thing uh, this is my problem uh, yeah. with revenge of the sith is you see him kill some kids and then get his ass beat darth vader who's supposed to be the biggest blackest motherfucker in the galaxy got his ass handed to him because of some fucking high ground after he kills some <laughs> defenseless kids 
okay? Don't make me quote chasing Amy with the best scene in goddamn film when I yelled gentrification. I actually, I actually just watched that movie. I went through the whole View Askew universe recently. Oh, it's fantastic. Was, but so I that's was doing the problem. Data analysis. It was great in my background. That's the problem I, I with have... with that particular piece of it. Is like Anakin didn't actually do anything. It was Palpatine that did all of it. Sidious. There's a, there's a lot implied between the scenes, but implication is not enough to, to form a basis of fact. You would have to dive into the old EU to get into that because it does again, cover it in the old we EU. We have to, we have to, we have to. We don't have to because we do. You can't. <laughs> you can't, you can't no, as much you can't, as I love the fact no, that Boba Fett no, 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 was no. the Mandalore, it doesn't exist anymore. Your supposition is if, if someone comes in and breaks the canon, you just have to accept it as fact. So if, if so a new showrunner showed yeah, up and said, you, hey, all of this was, was resolved. <laughs> By, by Doctor Who, then we just have to fucking accept so, it. Oh, yes, hold on when, a second. When, yeah, yeah, you do, because that's how fucking when, Doctor Who when, works. Hang on. <laughs> when George says, when George says, prior, this is pre-acquisition of Disney, when George says, nothing is canon but what I build here. That's the movies, the TV shows, that's it. That's when they make the decision to do the transition to Legends, Right, mm -hmm. and this is also during the same time period where they're working on the deal for the acquisition of Disney. Because Lord knows, and I'm sure Mellon knows, that deal didn't happen in a day. And right? We all that know was George Lucas makes super sound decisions, and and, and I'm not saying he did. But what I'm saying is, is if you're gonna say she broke the canon, you she have to establish break. what the canon is. She did break the canon. And I she did not break legends. The, the, the canon, the, this is probably just going to come down to a def difference of definition for you and I. The, for me, having been an old school Star Wars fan, the, 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 canon, the canon was episode one, two, three, four, five, and six. Those were the movies that existed. Everything else was supposed to be in addition to. But then they go and take Clone Wars and turn the whole entire fucking Clone Wars into the most... The, fucking biggest plot black hole that ever existed. So I think your primary issue is not with Ahsoka. Your primary issue is when they said, we're making Clone Wars, yes, and, I have, I and have hang on, issue hang on. Entirety of the Clone Wars cartoon. And hang on. No. We're making Clone Wars, and we don't care if this concept was built in one of the EU books, comic books, etc. That doesn't matter to how we're going to write this show. That's your primary issue. I don't like the entire Clone Wars TV show. I think it, it broke the canon in its own right, but we're not talking about that. And I, I've saved the the, is, so, I so saved some of the most damning evidence for her breaking <laughs> the being a black hole Sue. Alright, let's move past the canon thing because we could do this circle no, for no, no, like a one, year and a half. One, there's one more, and I saved this one for last because I know you and Mallow both believe that this is fucking bullshit because you guys have bitched about it in other shows. So if you say it's not, <laughs> I'm calling you a goddamn hypocrite. She has the biggest set of plot armor shields I have ever seen of any character that in existence. And I will say that because, and I'm not even talking about all the times that she gets away with stuff that Anakin did the same thing and did not get away with, but we'll come back to that one. The most damning piece of broken ass evidence is they had to save her ass by time travel. Okay. What episode so, was that? Because I really I haven't that seen that episode. Rebels. 
Oh, okay. Rebels. I Rebels haven't made that far in Rebels. World then. between worlds. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was that was close to the the tail end of the Rebels. And gotcha. it circles back to the whole bullshit. She didn't know Anakin was still around because she found out Anakin was still alive, and then time traveled back in time, and then just did not do anything about it. She didn't time travel back in time. Well, she did. She went back to the moment where she was fighting Vader on uh, that fucking Sith planet. But she didn't go back, back, back. She didn't have to go back, back, back. She didn't do anything. I, because, and again, now here's the thing. I'll give the you Rebel, the... Rebels takes place between uh, three and four, right? Yes. Correct. So there was still, I don't know, I'm not sure, because that's an 18 year gap between three and four. Yep. I don't know, exa- I'll admit, I do not know exactly when Rebels takes place well, in it that starts, timeline. Well, it starts out 12 years because Ezra, it starts out on Ezra's birthday. Ezra was born on Empire Day, which is the so, Declaration of the Empire, and it's, he's 12 or 13 when the story starts. At the very least, she knew that, that Anakin was Darth Vader from that point forward and did nothing about it. But she learns it about two seasons in, three seasons in? Um, so about 15 years after the, after he became Vader is when she found out. Oh, right? so after he's completely, cause again, I haven't watched all of the episodes. So, so, so this is 15 years after he's established dominance is what you're saying. Yeah. So okay. from when he becomes Vader and is put in the suit, right? No, his, sorry. No! Worst fucking thing okay. ever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting you about, one of those little buttons you can push that, that does that. <laughs> about 15 years after he dons the suit is when she runs into him again, right? She's aware of the existence of someone named Darth Vader, but she does not know that it is Anakin Skywalker. Because again, the she got teleported back in time. But she that was before she figured it out before she was teleported. Because what happens is is she runs into Vader when they're on the ghost, right? And she's like, oh, fuck. Then the next season is when um, Ezra, Kanan, and her go to the Sith planet and are confronted by Maul. Right? And if you want to talk about who broke fucking shit, Maul. Speaking of plot holes like a motherfucker. I mean, yeah. Maul Maul broke everything. Ahsoka is definitely not the only sin that has happened in that oh. series. We're not, we're not talking about all the other sins. All of the far greater sin. Well, let's, let's just I mean, say what happened. happened. Okay. If we want to have another episode where we talk about all the sins, no. we could do that, but it's going to be like a three-day-long episode. <laughs> two Imperial Inquisitors show up and get fucked up because two Imperial Inquisitors can't stand up to Kanan, Ezra, Ahsoka, and Maul. Then, because they get fucked up, they call for help. And, like, when they basically send a sit rep as to who's there. Vader's like, oh, you're here now. Time to go. And so Vader goes down to the Sith Temple to confront them. Ahsoka basically force pushes Kanan and Ezra onto ship and says, get the fuck out of here. I'll deal with him. They have their fight and then they split after like a basically fight to a stalemate and she goes down to the Sith Temple. Now at that point, we don't know what happened. Somewhere in there, she found the fucking force portal that went into the world beyond worlds, and that's a whole other fucking thing. She does have some plot armor. I will give she you that. Teleports back in time. She doesn't teleport back in time. She goes first off. She goes into the world between worlds and just sits there, like Yoda on Dagobah meditating style. Ezra's the one that pulls her out, and then she goes back in 
to go back to the temple. And again, it's actually not super clear. And again, a point I will say, it's not super clear <laughs> how she comes out. We do know she comes out at some point and goes forward in time because the last thing we see of Ahsoka before her appearance in The Mandalorian is in the epilogue at the end of Rebels. Sabine's talking about the fact that she stayed on Ezra's homeworld to take care of it while he was missing. And then Ahsoka shows up and Sabine's like, okay, we're going to go find Ezra. Hence how, again, if you want to know what's going on in Mandalorian, the last time anybody had seen Thrawn was Ezra fucking used hyperspace whales, okay, <laughs> to hyperspace him and Thrawn away from his home world and disappeared, right? And no one knew where the fuck they went. I just, want, so to take, I just want to take a brief aside. Go ahead. Tip. We've all collectively agreed those times don't exist. <laughs> we, we've You're all talking about the it's Ewok like, movies? Yeah it's, yeah, it's like in the 90s when everyone was really into Zoot Suits for like a year. We just all agreed that that just that didn't happen. I'm sorry, they, I, they're I no longer love cher- they're no longer like cool. It. Shit, no, I, cool. I still like Cherry Pop and Daddies over. and Squirrel Nut Zipper. Who remembers Squirrel Nut Zipper? I still have the record. Great. Anyway, um, I'll give you she's got plot armor. She's the one who's got to to the witness to the point where it doesn't make sense because Anakin. No, once again, these are not one to one scenario comparison scenarios, but there's a there's a current running trend that like literally every time Anakin gets snippy and snarky about something, something bad happens to him. Like he he loses. This is in the Clone Wars show. He like he gets his arm chopped off and Padme comes and scolds him every time she does it something good has happened even to the point where she defies literally everyone and goes down the mandalore after a holier than thou fucking dialogue as like a 15 16 year old at that point she does the teenager thing where everyone around her is impossibly stupid and she's the only one that really sees it she goes down against orders and is just Filoni's just like yeah she's awesome she goes down there and solves the whole thing but anytime Anakin so much as gets mad because someone cut the crust off a sandwich and he didn't ask for it he stubs his toe <laughs> the whole not. fucking show that's because the, the force hates him like that the that's force knows not the whole show so <laughs> if that was the the whole show that'd be fantastic it's just a, it's just a whole show of just like so first off flubs. I love I love all the different focuses they do on Obi-Wan and Cole, but we're, we're, we're getting a feel to get, okay? Yeah, she's got a little bit of plot armor, so do half the Star Wars characters out a there. Massive. Like, the so only does person, Han Solo. I a, this, I'm making a concession here. The only person in Star Wars canon right now that has bigger plot armor than her is Boba Fett. Nope. Because he's has to go to the fucking Sarlacc. <laughs> nope. 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 I got one better. Yeah. Fucking Princess Leia! Uses force to goddamn Mary Poppins her ass back onto the ship. Which, mind you, I didn't want to really see Carrie Fisher die. So, I'm cool with that part. I can believe him getting out of a Sarlacc with a fucking gun. And 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 now that I know what that the all, fucking armor looks like is shit like that. Like, fuck, I can believe he got so, out. So, this is something and hopefully And hopefully, episode one of the Boba Fett book, they just... Explains how explain that, that whole thing so we can now, just be done with it. Here's here's the thing. We'll we'll go back to canon. He did it in the old canon. He did it in the new canon. One of the things they're doing with the new canon that they've been consistently doing is they're periodically bringing back in characters for literally for fan service. They're trying to make some of the fans happy, and they're also good characters. Like one of the first ones they brought in from the old EU I'm was Thrawn. Was Thrawn, right? They were like, look. 
Here's Thrawn, everybody. Look, Thrawn's alive. Yay, Thrawn's in the new canon. So now we've got Thrawn back. And actually, I think Zahn's work with Thrawn now is better than the old stuff. I haven't read the new stuff. I've, I've um, vastly refused after the wand chooses the wizard Harry in the Ahsoka book, as a matter of fact. Um, but so the the new Thrawn was written by Timothy Zahn, so I would I would understand your point if it wasn't that they got Zahn to come back and do it again. I'm still angry about the old EU and them because his original work was amazing. They should just use that as this, the, 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 the new stuff is the new stuff is better. But I'm it's glad so he, much better. I'm glad that you brought up the fan service thing because <laughs> my whole point is Ahsoka. Now let me, let me set the stage here. If Ahsoka had existed in a vacuum outside of the the, the whole main storyline, I would agree. She's a pretty cool character. It's in reference to everything else that she becomes a shit-ass character because she is the literal definition of fan service. Her entire existence and plot armor and everything else has to do with Filoni's boner for her and fan service. That is the only reason why she exists. That's partially true, but that's because the fans like her because she's a complex character that evolved. She's not a complex she's, character. No, she started out as an annoying, headstrong, brash person who became somebody who, again, believably, if you watch through the whole Clone Wars series, became someone who saw the hypocrisy of the Jedi Order before Anakin did, before Obi-Wan did, right? Because they were so steeped in it and everything else that they couldn't see it. They couldn't see the forest of the trees. She finally, and it wasn't even, and this is actually where I'll say not plot armory, but actually makes sense. The reason she was finally able to see the forest of the trees is because the Jedi Order was about to, like, hand her over for execution for something she didn't do. Because they were a bunch of arrogant pricks. And she was like, no, you don't get to just come back from that, right? Well. And the whole the whole concept in Rebels, when when they finally find Ahsoka and Kanan's like, look, dude, I was a Padawan when I left the Order because of Order 66. You need to train Ezra. And she's like, no, I'm a fucking, A, I don't consider myself a Jedi anymore, so I'm not teaching Jedi way because I don't believe in it. And it's a counterbalance to Kanan, who still in his mind has drank the Jedi Kool-Aid, Right. She's the counterbalance to that. No, Kanan, that's not how this works. We're not going to do it this way. And I'll help you, but here's the thing. It's it's not great, right? And again, they touch on it again in The Mandalorian when she's explaining to Din Djarik, look, dude, I saw the best of us. The best Jedi I had ever met, Anakin Skywalker. She didn't use the name, but you know who she's referring to. He fell to the dark side. Okay, these things are dangerous. You have to be fucking careful, right? Like, and she still won't take Grogu because she does. She's always haunted by the fact that her master, the person who spent all his time training her, became that guy. And that level of of understanding of of where you came from and why you don't have any business training anyone else or dealing with this stuff and why you're just here to try to do the best you can is good writing. <laughs> I want to see some I want period of time. I want to see something you, know, you got you got to go for the long play, right? Like you need to be able to sell if you're going to tell complex stories with characters you have to go for the long play. You can't do it in the interim because it feels cheap, but I kind of want to see because we get we get a full on Rosario Dawson Ahsoka series coming up sometime in the future, right? All of the things we yes. talked about during before the break uh, yep. could could 
set that back if if possible. But I think they casted Ezra too. I, th- I think they've casted a few people, but. So one of the things that I would love to actually kind of see in part of that series, I know that they're going with the Thrawn thing, but what I want to know... Yeah, they casted him and Yeah. Well, but what I want to see both in the Obi-Wan series too, because that's coming, and Mm -hmm. in the Ahsoka series is flashbacks to where, you know, it's very obvious that, like... You know, for the things that we were talking about, right? That Darth Vader hunted down all the rest of them and stuff like that. Like, fuck it. Have a couple of those things where, like, Ahsoka might be confronted by Darth again. Let's just have it. Like, build that whole thing post, you know, kind of thing with it, right? Because otherwise, you got to give some credence to the character of the the arc and stuff like that. Um, and honestly, they should to round out the character a little bit more. Plus, I, I think it would just be I kind of funny just to be like having Ahsoka talking with another Jedi, and then just all of a sudden Darth Vader like just puts a fucking blade through get, the other Jedi. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna get another confrontation with Darth because I think the one that happened in Rebels, you might see a live screen adaptation of that confrontation, perhaps like in flashback, which I think would be a cool move, even if it's not the whole thing. Um, because that's a pretty long confrontation. Um, and it would eat up a lot of episode. So I'd like to see that in flashback. That'd be fun. I don't think she needs to confront Darth again, but I think that she does need to... Give herself she... a reason for existence? No. <laughs> no I think she's done fine with that. Uh, I think no. that, that showing that next pace. Here's where I get frustrated, and I don't know what Filoni and crew are going to do. Abrams and Johnson painted them into a corner. Wow, that's a whole other topic. That's just fucking garbage. That whole and series so, needs to be fired into the sun and restarted. Well, we uh, might be able to because apparently we have time travel. Maybe someone can fucking time travel. Now, if, <laughs> if she time travels into the past and undoes the, the, the 789, then she'll become my favorite character. Uh, I don't. I, I'm sure they've got a, a talented crew of writers on it. Uh, I'm sure they'll figure something out. I just don't know what it is, and so I'm curious how they're going to get themselves out of the corner they kind of got painted into uh, in I, the long term. Now they've got time too. Yeah, because they can do a lot of interim shows like Ahsoka. Like, Ahsoka is going to take place firmly in a time, you know, 15 years before seven. So you've got time to burn in world. I'm um, curious to see what they're going to do with the Ahsoka show. I because, am too. Like I said, in a vacuum, outside of all the other stuff, Ahsoka is an okay character. I still wouldn't rate her much better. You know than what? Ahsoka. Hang on. Much I would like to point out okay. to the. Hang on. I would like to point out to the chat. I've had this argument with Joe more than once more than once that is the first time i have ever heard him say those words the first time because i just said it like five minutes ago. i'm just saying this stream is the first time where he's been like you know what aside from these issues that i've really actually got with the storyline and how they've constructed it in canon ahsoka in a vac is a pretty okay character so i'm gonna take i'm gonna take that as a win i fucking hate young ahsoka like how how do you, you can be annoyed by younger Soka all you want? How did nope. you get, how deep did you get into the old EU books? 
Oh, all of them. I did literally you, read you, all of them. You did the, um, uh, what the fuck is her name? You got, you got through the, the second Civil War, Jason Solo. Yes. Okay. Jason Solo. Remember Tahiri. Yes. She was basically what Ahsoka really kind of should have been. Okay, I can I can see I can see where you're going. The difference is, and this was something with the old EU. Tahiri went through things that Ahsoka was never that like just has never been through. Like the amount of trauma they piled on Tahiri was. Oh, would you agree? Fucking that she's, insane. She's, she's a similar analog to what what Ahsoka ended up being because she was. She was, um, she was kind of doing the apprentice thing with Jason. So I know they had like a romantic thing going on, but well, no, they, she had a romantic thing with Anakin. That was the big yeah, thing. And that was the first piece of right. trauma. And then she, she, she did the, the dark side yeah, apprentice after. With yeah. After she, it was that trauma that caused her to apprentice under Jason. When Jason was like, I can show you Anakin again. And he did yeah. fucking force time travel. Right. With Tahiri, so she can see Anakin. One of the chief problems, and and this is, I know, I'm, I'm aware that this is a personal preference to, to a large extent, but when Star Wars was originally envisioned, we're talking back in the 70s when they were making the original movies, it was intended to be kind of a dark and gritty story. That's why I, I would disagree with no, that. It was George Flash Luke, Gordon. George it was Lucas Flash Gordon. Has, George Lucas has stated the reason why they did the props the way they did it was so everything looked dark and gritty as if hope had been extinguished in the galaxy. Star Wars from the oh, beginning. Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. Star Wars I, from I, I the beginning. I think we're talking about it from like a filmmaking perspective. I'm like, no. Mm, no. The story was intended to be a dark story about tragedy and loss and suffering that is felt Mostly, this is focused mostly on the Skywalker clan, but it's it's heavily implied that the whole galaxy is suffering. Part of my problem with the Ahsoka stuff and, by extension, the Clone Wars, is that whenever they started making this for children, they turned Star Wars from a dark, gritty, horrible mess into a children's fucking Saturday morning television show where you learn a morality you can, lesson. You can argue that about the way they produced the Clone Wars show, but Star Wars was always for kids always from 1977 forward it was always whether they were showing the darker future after the empire had taken over it was always always for kids it's a serial that's what it was it was a fucking sci-fi serial mixed with kurosawa but it was dark no it wasn't and it was Star never dark the bad guys lose at the end all right if you take everything out of context if you just look at episode four when george didn't know if he was ever going to get to make another movie how did that movie end death star yeah. blown up heroes get metal how did, the, how did the previous movie end there was but no previous movie at that point there was none it wasn't even called episode four oh you're they talking, about talking about Jedi. Okay. no i'm talking about episode four take that in a vacuum because again there was it wasn't even called episode four and it didn't I, get retitled until 79. And I will argue that the the people who watch Star Wars have agreed pretty unanimously 
that the darker storylines are what people wanted out of Star Wars because the ones, the movies that did the best were and always I will... the ones where people were, it was the darkest. Uh, Empire Strikes Back is widely considered by just about everyone to be the best of the Star Wars I, movies. And here's here's the thing. I would say it's Yeah, and, wild, and but... first off, Empire was considered that at the time because George didn't write it. Yeah. Okay. Literally, George didn't write it. I'm aware of it. He wrote the storyline, but he didn't write that fucking movie. Okay, because George can't write dialogue. I love George, but he's and he's a phenomenal filmmaker and an amazing technical fucking genius, but he can't write fucking dialogue to save his life. Okay. Episode four is a western. It is. Episode four is a western. It is a western. It's a western western channel based on the Kurosawa film. It cracks me up whenever that gets brought up because, yes, it absolutely is. He was goofing off. Okay. He had to make something big. He had made THX 1138. He had made uh, American Graffiti, which had done really well. But he loved sci-fi and wanted to make a sci-fi rock. It wasn't supposed to go anywhere, right? And here's the thing about the fan base, and this is something that I say as both a fan and as a writer. It's something that over the last six years I have learned. The fans don't know what the fuck they want. They just don't, okay? They really don't. They can say, well, this is the type of Star Wars yeah. we wanted. And Bull. then we end up with characters like Ahsoka because they can do fan service. <laughs> and we all know what fan service does. Just look at what fucking PvP is like in World of Warcraft. Okay. <laughs> Ahsoka it's... is PvP Warcraft. Okay. <laughs> that makes zero sense. Not okay. The point is... The fans don't know what they want, okay? They really don't, right? You can look at 7, 8, and 9, and that was the problem with 7, 8, and 9. The problem was is that they were they were more concerned about what they what they perceived the fans wanted than just telling a it. fucking story. They made a fucking camel by committee is what they did. <laughs> because they were trying and- They were trying to give the fans what they wanted. They were trying to please wanted. everyone, and it doesn't, right. like that doesn't work. And yes, you are right. The fans collectively do not know what they want, they but that's mainly because there's a lot of different opinions in in fandom. Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you cannot look at this and go, like, there is obvious fan service is obvious fan service, but fan service is not necessarily a bad thing. Fan service it is has actually almost universally been a bad thing. On the contrary. I, it, it goes back to my theory. I can fix episode eight in fucking three scenes, and then everybody walks out of that movie fucking happy. That doesn't mean fans are versus. All involves fan service. <laughs> All you do is you get rid of Benicio del Toro's character, and when they go to that fucking gambling planet in episode eight, they're going to go find Lando. That change. That change right there takes that entire sequence that everybody fucking hates and everything's just garbage. You know why they didn't do that? They didn't do it because Ryan Johnson, as much as I actually like him as a filmmaker, should never have been put in charge of a fucking Star Wars movie. They didn't do it because they thought it would be a little too tongue-in-cheek to find Lando at a gambling. And they should have fucking done it anyway. Speaking of answers. They should (laughs) have fucking done it, but Ryan Johnson is a fucking contrary fucking dude. Okay. I, again, love his films, actually. I think he's a phenomenal filmmaker. I just think that he had no business doing what he was doing. Well, I, I mean, I did not mind 8, but I will just I go... Either. I'll go on the record again in this version of the podcast, like I did in the previous version of the podcast, and say that J.J. Abrams is an overpaid hack of a director and mm-hmm. writer because all he fucking does is just make remakes. And here's the thing. Mm-hmm. 
Their biggest mistake, and JJ said That's it recently in an night. interview, they had no plan going into those three movies. None. Right? But look what happens when they hand it to somebody who knows how to build a plan. Right? This is why The Mandalorian is so good. Right? Who did they go to? Who's the showrunner? It's the guy who started the MCU. They went to Favreau and they said, do what you will. Right? The reason Feige works so well and the reason DC doesn't is because Feige literally goes, here's your box. Don't do anything crazy out here. But anywhere in here, I don't give a fuck what you do. Just go make a good movie. That's all Feige does. Right? And now they've learned to do that with Star Wars and now they're getting better product. Right on. Like I said, I am interested to see what they're going to do with the Obi-Wan and the Ahsoka show. I didn't particularly care for the, the, the plot and the portrayal of Ahsoka in The Mandalorian. I thought we've, we've talked about this in previous streams. I think there were a lot of technical issues there that they really should have worked through. Mm-hmm. Um, Rosaria Dawson is an amazing actor. I just don't think she's really suited to the active I, combative type role. I think she needs about five or six more months of training. I think they need to just use a stand-in. No, actually, Rosaria Dawson is is been training in professional wrestling because she works with Cody Rhodes, who runs the Nightmare Factory, uh, who feeds AEW all their amazing young talent. Uh, is she still dating Cory Booker? No fucking clue. Uh, probably, because yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, so like she's been training and doing other things like that because they also have the TBS show, that that reality ish kind of game oh. show that they do with it too. Uh, so I feel like once they get around to the Ahsoka show and stuff like that, that she may have been able to do as much training as like, cause like in, in revenge of the Sith, that lightsaber fight between Hayden Christensen and, uh, in, uh, Obi-Wan basically was amazing. It was probably one of the best lightsaber fights ever. So they can get you there. It just takes training, which they probably didn't have. Well, going into there's, there's also something to be said for like technical issues, because like if you ever noticed in the, you know, which I'm sure you have in ep- episode four, Vader is very stiff when he's fighting, and it, and it all came down to the fact that his costume sucked. Yeah. Um, so it's entirely possible that there might have been some costume or wardrobe issues because she was wearing quite a bit of clothes in, in that, and that that, yeah. that could make it pretty difficult to run around, especially on like uneven terrain and stuff. Um, so, I, but I feel like she either, I really feel like they would do better with her if they just do a stand in for, I, I would say that's probably scenes. again, whether they do a stand in or a lot of training, uh, I, I agree with you. I was a little underwhelmed by that lightsaber fight. I think that, and again, the whole point in rebels that they, that, that kind of Dave Flynn explains later, but that it makes sense is this, if Anakin is this great swordsman, right? Ahsoka was trained by Anakin, right? Now, she uses that different form style where she does the reverse grip with the two different length-bladed lightsabers. Really but cool. she was she was still trained by one of the greatest swordsmen the Jedi had ever seen. Um, and so... Until Luke. Um, no, she's she's better than Luke. Luke's a crappy swordsman. That is Luke, Luke uses a light bat. <laughs> I, I, all right, get, get Sebastian Stan in there. No, and here's the thing, Sebastian Stan aside, Luke had no lightsaber training. He trained for like an hour. Yoda didn't. Yoda no, didn't give that's any. That's stated to be months. 
Uh, no, what? Time. He he trained with Obi Wan for like an hour and a half because it was okay. a montage. <laughs> yeah, and then he trained with Yoda, and then he for like an hour. He went into seclusion on Dagobah for or not Dagobah Tatooine, Tatooine. for yeah. years. And again, in the old EU, we, the problem is, is we don't have those. those well, that's not even in the old EU. That's stated. Like that's time. not new canon anymore. Yes, it is. It because, is not because that was in the movies. Shadows no, of the no, Empire they, never happened. Yeah. No, I'm not talking about Shadows of the Empire. I'm talking about just the time gap between the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. It's been it's been at least two years, if not more like five. Yeah, and I'll have to go back most, and read through that one. I actually really enjoyed Shadows of the Empire book and the game. I did too. That game was too. pretty decent too. Which I'm Again. still a little salty they actually killed off Dasher and Dar. Yeah. I, I loved the old EU. But the thing that I understood early when Disney made the acquisition, they said, we're making more movies. I said, great. I want more Star Wars movies. But, but the old EU was out of fucking control. Yeah, it's like D&D 5e. No, I have a 100% that the Darksaber trilogy existed. Okay. And then the Yuzhan Vong went on about 10 books too long. Yes, I will agree okay. with that one. The X-Wing books were the best things that came out of that. I'm really hoping when we get the Rogue Squadron, I think it's a movie, that it's something along those lines. Because that's coming too. But they can't include some of the people that made that a truly memorable series. Which comment did I dodge? Nothing. That's a debate for a different time because we're running up on time. Oh, we are running up on time. So no, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna leave it we're gonna leave it on the positive note that both of these boys are looking forward to new Star Wars in the future. That there is some good stuff lately. coming. Even even seven, eight, and nine, barring all their their issues in the plot, were I thought they visually were visually amazing. They, they, visually, they, they were amazing. Yes, they showed that a Star Wars can be a top tier movie in mm -hmm. the time frame. Yep, yep. Just they have writing problems. Lots of writing problems. Have. But we, you know what? If you good stuff coming. You know what though? If you want to fix your writing problems, just come to my stream. Uh, just hit me up on Twitter. I'm at the Mallow Man. I write a lot. Uh, I write a lot of good stuff too. Uh, and I'm happy to fix all the problems in Star Wars. Easy. You Alex, where can they where can they find you on the social? Man. I am at Alex the Humulate pretty much everywhere. Twitter, TikTok, uh, Facebook everywhere yeah all the places this i'm yelling about dune on tiktok right not dune uh foundation on tiktok right now oh you can bet we're gonna have a salt vest if dune sucks but i've heard initial releases in europe it's quite good yeah uh foundation sorry i meant to say foundation i've been watching the foundation show i'm yelling about that on tiktok if you'd like to see my impressions there there you go uh joe uh you're not on social media really so no i'm hermit yeah so there you, you, can, find <laughs> you can find him on our discord which is linked below if you want to come talk to him more about Star Wars. We will oh, be back right. uh, next week, probably with another chat show uh, mm -hmm. then. Uh, also, uh, we're all probably going to be going and playing some New World. So look for some New World streams this weekend for some very chill, fun action uh, with the cast and others. Uh, I will probably be uh, streaming from this account. Uh, and then, you know, whoever else can join us in. We, we have some good times on there. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and then uh, we will see you again here uh, next week. Uh, look for the latest episode of Chaos Inc. on YouTube coming up on Monday. Uh, oh, that is that, that is last two. <laughs> that might have been some of the finest. This is by no means 
against ACS at all, but that might have been some of the finest RP work I've seen uh, on a live stream, hands down. And I watch Critical Role, and I'm saying this. So just tune in. It'll be up on YouTube on Monday, 10 a.m. Pacific uh, Standard Time. Uh, otherwise, we'll be back the week after that uh, with a live episode of Chaos Inc. Until then, be one with the Force, and the Force will be with you. We will see you all next week. Let's <sighs> care because I've had some. some- <sighs> yes, exactly.